You're listening to the YCA Podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. Today's episode of the YCA podcast. Uh, I am here in Fort Willis on location, and I got my my co-host back, Coach Brett Fields. He's back and better than ever. Coach Fields, what up? What's up, man? I just want to apologize uh, for you guys. Just I, I know I normally don't talk much, and I started talking a lot in that last pod. It just got me real excited. So today I get to kind of sit back and just take some notes again. You know, excited for it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're both going to sit back and take some notes today. You know, obviously, we're moving on in, you know, in, uh, in our positional episode. You know, we started out with quarterbacks, and last week we did linebackers. And today, we are going to move to what is, I think, the most important position, you know, on the offensive side of the football, and that is the offensive line. Uh, you know, we've got some special guests on today. Uh, really excited to get those guys on here shortly. Uh, you know, we're going to talk to Coach Marlon Taylor. He is the head football coach at Lower Richland High School. And then we're also going to be joined by Coach Adam Gamble, who is the offensive line coach at Lexington High School. So, you know, two guys, uh, I think they know each other. They're pretty good buddies, too. Yeah, I had a couple of guys that were, were supposed to come on, but, you know, had some prior engagements that they had to attend to. But still, we got two really good guys that are going to come and talk some OL stuff. And, you know, pretty excited about it. So, again, you know, we're kind of using this as the opening the opening kick segment. And, you know, we'll, we'll get those guys on here. And they're going to talk some ball with us, some OL stuff. And I'll be, you know, taking notes. So, take your notepad out and, and get ready to uh, get some knowledge dropped on you. So, Coach Fields, anything before we jump into the first drive with these guys? Let's get it rolling, Bo. Let's do it. Well, position, uh, position episode of the YCA podcast and you know as coach Fields and I have mentioned before we got two special guests on here tonight um, you know we got coach Gamble uh, from Lexington High School and then coach Taylor from Lower Richland gentlemen good evening what's going on coach Gamble what's up living the dream my friend that's right coach Taylor how's it going man oh man I'm doing all right how you guys doing I can't complain man just you know enjoying sitting down talking some OL stuff with you guys tonight I'm, I'm pretty excited about it excited, absolutely man. yeah we're with, we're with the goat right now. Yeah. No, we're not not me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll kind of get started in the first drive. Uh, you know, normally we have a question for you, but so you guys can talk a little more about some of the, the aired out stuff later. We want to go ahead and get started into that. So first drive, Coach Gamble, just give everybody a, you know, a quick little background about your coaching career and, and you know, kind of where you're at now. Yeah, man, I, uh, I grew up in uh, Columbia. I went to uh, Hammond School played a defensive line there for Eric Kimry and I was on his first two state title teams and that was a <clears throat> really good experience I mean we went from you know first round knockout every year and you saw him change the culture and start that thing there and lost one game our last two years and when I finished up I realized there wasn't a big market out there for 510 255 pound three techniques <laughs> to run a split two so I uh, <laughs> coach and I wanted an opportunity to get into it, and so he gave me a chance to go be the OLDL coach for the middle school team to 
put in the varsity offense with those guys. And I did that for about three years. And uh, while I was a student at Carolina, in that third year, saw a flyer in the history department saying they were looking for club football coaches. And I knew that I was way too fat and out of shape at that point to go out there and try to play it again. <laughs> so I decided I'd go out there. I called the guy, and the guy's name is Shane Fiddler, and he's now the head coach at Ashley Ridge and a good buddy of mine. And I won't tell all the stories on him tonight. <laughs> That's another time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we got together, and I literally spent seven days a week coaching football. I did middle school Monday through Thursday. Two of those nights, I'd leave middle school practice and go do the club football. Friday night, I would be filming, you know, charting, doing everything I could for varsity. Saturday, I'd go to the Gamecock game, and Sunday, we'd coach our club football game. So, <laughs> a whole lot, of, whole lot of football for a season. And then uh, rolled on from that, spent two years at Great Collegiate, really good experience, learned, learned a ton of football, coached with really good dudes, Hunter Spivey, Trey Hurd, Corey Jenkins. I mean, all three of those guys were – very, very influential. Really taught me about relationships with kids, how to talk to kids, how to motivate them. Uh, spent a year at Heathwood Hall with John Wheeler, who's now the head coach at Hammond. And after that, I spent five years with Jay Fry at Richmond Northeast, which is a really good experience. Coached with a lot of good coaches and kids there. And now I'm heading into my fifth year at Lexington with Perry Woolbright. And we've, we've had a good little run these past two years. Yeah, you guys have. And, and just so everybody knows, like, coach, coach has been a lot of places. But because you said you're only 32 years old, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he, he's experienced some stuff and, and been some different places and learned. Oh, I've been on guys, so. eight title teams and Ofer teams. There you go. A little, I've seen so, it all. A little bit of everything here. So that's a quick background on, on Coach Gamble there. So, Coach Taylor, I'm going to swing it over to you. Go ahead and give us your background. Uh, I'm originally I'm from uh, Hopkinsville, South Carolina. I'm in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Um, uh, my dad was in the military, so I kind of traveled a lot. Uh, kind of called, we moved to Charleston, uh, Wamala Island when I was like 17, so I got consider at home now. Uh, so I'm from the Low Country Guy, went to St. John's High School, played on Coach Bridge Staff's last uh, team, uh, 98. Uh, came up to Bennett College, uh, didn't, didn't take the traditional college route, kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, kind of had an idea what I wanted to do, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I didn't know school needed to be involved in that. And uh, so I... Uh, uh, went to, ended up going to Benedict, uh, graduated in 06, and then right there in 07, uh, Keenan was transitioning to the new building, and DeMond Logan was transitioning out, and then they brought in Mitchell Moten, and he hired me as his office line coach. I was 25, 26, I think I was, maybe, somewhere around there, and uh, gave me a chance to be the O-line coach, and I got there, and I ended up having to coach O-line and D-line the first year. Uh, you know, Keenan had one, I think they won like maybe one game, and like, five or six years. Uh, we got that turned around, and it was perennial. Uh, it was eight-game, nine-game winners. Uh, I think they had to go to the state championship after we moved on. Uh, you know, most of those kids are our kids anyway. I uh, got a chance to go over to Ridgeview. Uh, I think it was around 2013-ish. I worked with uh, Raymond Jennings. Excuse me. Oh. Oh. So I worked with Raymond Jennings over there for my first year over there at, at Ridgeview. Uh, Raymond just taught me a lot, man. He taught me everything I need to know about organization. I mean, it was just phenomenal uh, to just amazing just to watch how that guy worked. Uh, and then, you know, he transitioned out and Perry, Perry Parks moved in and uh, <laughs> Perry showed me the difference and in, 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 in the flash and the relationship and how to get kids to do things uh, for flashy, flashy new toys. Uh, so, you know, we got there, had Perry going, you know, of course, Ridgeview was up and down when Ray was there. Uh, when Perry got there, we kind of got that, kind of got that settled in. Um, 
that I got a chance to go to work with Coach Knox over at Dutch Fort, uh, kind of right after that flood uh, was 2015. Uh, I was at home and chilling over here in the garage, matter of fact. And a buddy of mine called me and said, hey, man, Tom Knox wants to talk to you. First, I was like, well, who is Tom Knox? He was like, hey, man, you know who Tom Knox is? And I was like, no. <laughs> he was like, man, he was, he was like, I'm probably one of the only greatest football coaches in, in America. So I was like, well, he want to talk to me? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, he loved the way y'all ran the ball against him uh, when y'all played because we ended up beating him uh, the year of the flood and I was at Ridgeview. So I went over and talked to Coach Knox, and four years later, we won four state championships together. Uh, and then I got a chance uh, here right, right in the middle of COVID uh, to get a chance to go over and take over the LR program, and I'm going into my fourth year over here at Lower Richland High School as the head football coach. Yeah, they did a great job there too. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. We're trying. Um, and again, these you know, if you're just listening to these guys, you know exactly why we want to get these guys on here so that they can come in here and talk and, and drop some knowledge, obviously. But you know, been, been some good places, and uh, you know we're excited about listening to some of the things that you guys are going to talk about tonight. Coach Fields, anything? No, man, we've got two studs on. We're just excited. We want to hear what they got to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, obviously, that's our first drive segment. We're going to – usually we kind of take a little break, but you guys are, are rolling. So, um, let's just let's just roll right into the two-minute drill. I don't, I don't think we sent you guys the two-minute drill questions. We don't we do it on purpose because it's kind of a fun little segment. Um, no script. Yeah. You damn offensive guys. No script right <laughs> No script. Okay. So, you're telling me I got no timeouts, huh? No, that's right. No timeouts. <laughs> you just got thing. Lack of organization. That's like <laughs> – Organization. Uh, listen, have... listen. We're going straight. Hurry up, and, and you got to figure it out on, on the fly. So, you guys ready for the two minute drill? Let it rip. All let it right. roll. I think we're just gonna let we're gonna let these two guys answer, right? Are we gonna answer? Or how did we decide we were gonna do that? Well, no, 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 y'all answer. Let's judge you. Okay, that's fine. We yeah, can do that. Yeah. See, be, we originally let's keep it fair. We originally only two of them. We originally had four people on. We were gonna let you four guys kind of do it and then <coughs> make fun of you guys. But now, since you know, we'll be those other guys and we'll start that. All right. So, all right. Let's go for it. We're getting ready to start the two minute drill. All right, Coach Gamble, you'll go first. Coach Taylor, you'll go second, then we'll finish. All right, yep. hibachi or Chinese food? Hibachi. Definitely hibachi. Hibachi. Yeah, hibachi. All right, tight end or H-back? Tight end. H-back. Tight end. I like tight end, too. Drums or flats? Flats. Ooh. Drums. Drum. I like the drums, too. Uh, zone or gap scheme? <laughs> Can only pick one. Gap. 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 Yeah, I'm a gap, too. Uh, mountains or beach? Beach. Oh, beach. Mountains. Mountains. Uh, let's see. Rather, <laughs> rather see base or blitz in run game? Would you rather see uh, base or, or blitz? Base. Blitz. Base. Yeah, base. Netflix or HBO Max? Max. Netflix. 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 College or NFL? College. College. NFL. College. Curly fries or waffle fries? Curly. Waffles. <laughs> waffle. Uh, curly. Big guards or athletic tackles? Athletic tackles. Ooh. Big guards. <laughs> big guards. I like athletic tackles. Run the ball or pass? Run the ball. <laughs> run the damn ball. Okay, that was our joke question, but run the ball. <laughs> okay, pass. All right, last one. Favorite meat inside of a taco? Oh, dang. I like that this is the question that stumped us. Yep. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's go. Up. What you got, Coach? Steak. 
chorizo. <laughs> I'm going chicken. Ooh. All right. Chorizo, okay. All right. So that one got the eclectic palate. Okay. Yeah, chorizo. man. Classic. Yeah, man. It's so underrated. That, that was a pretty solid two-minute drill. We'll have to go back and, and look at the tape and see how long it actually was. But you guys did a pretty good job. So if you want to make fun of us, now's your time. Any, any thoughts on the, on the two-minute drill there? Wow, you know, wow, tight ends. <laughs> I, I, see, I like to trade tight ends, though. So, I mean, I like to be able to – I mean, you can do it with H-back, too. But oh, my, my real answer is both. Oh, yeah. I know right. that's yours, too. Absolutely, right. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know but that's yours. I like, I like the tight end a little bit better in the pass game, too. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's kind of what saved my party saved us the season using the tight end in the passing game a lot more. Yeah. Had a good one too. Yeah, no, I, I definitely like that. Yeah, awesome, sweet. So, um, you guys got anything else? So uh, that's two minute drill. We'll kind of go on to the the next segment, which is pretty much to air it out. We got a lot of good questions for you guys to talk about tonight. I think you All have right. mountain bias because you live at the beach. I, you know what? I'm not. I'm not a beach. I, I don't go to the beach. I, I'm just like. Too many people go to the beach. I'm, I don't like people. I don't. I don't like people. So I like going to the mountains and get away from people. So. Same. Same. Yeah, I like. I mean, you go myself. in the summertime and it's 65 degrees, and you just worry about mountain people. You know what I mean? You ain't got to worry about beach people. You got to worry about bears. That is true. I'll take the bears over the Ohio tourists. Yeah, I exactly. Got the bears on the beach too. Exactly, Coach. You got some bears on the beach too. No doubt. <laughs> I do like the shore fish when I get the chance to, but I don't do that very much. I I can't lie and say I do. So, yeah. All right, cool fellas. So I'm gonna, we're gonna cut that segment right here, and we'll come right back to the aired out segment. OL position uh, episode. We got Coach Gamble from Lexington and Coach Taylor from Lower Richland. These guys are on here. Going to talk some OL stuff. So, guys, this is the aired out segment, and we're gonna jump right into these questions. Okay, so. First thing, and Coach Gamble, you went first last time. We'll let Coach Taylor go first and then, and then shoot it to you. So uh, let's just start with your, your, your scheme stuff uh, for the background. So, Coach Taylor, are you more of a gap scheme, tight end heavy spread? Or, you know, tell us a little bit about your scheme. Uh, well, we consider ourselves to be a multiple set. Uh, I'm, we are a heavy tight end, heavy tight end, heavy wing uh, gap scheme team. We want to run power counter lead uh, until the cows come home. Uh, we don't we don't hide what we're doing. I can give you our play script and you can do what you want to do with it. But we're gonna run the same thing every single week. That's right. I love uh, it. You know, I, I kind of got that that philosophy from uh, from Coach Knox. Uh, people think that you know sometimes he changes like 50 million things in the run game. It's it's a, we never change the run game. It's just we may tweak you know we may arc a, arc an outside guy or we may come, come uh, block down on him. Uh, but part of the run game want to be power kind of lead. Uh, and we want to do what we call uh, what we call a uh, a, uh, a, a, a a base blocking. We want to base block a guy up in front of us. We don't want to come off. We don't want to run off kind of like kind of how guys doing like zone zone scheming. Uh, we want to do what we call waddling. Uh, we want to waddle off and just get ourselves in the best position possible uh, to execute that block. All right, coach. Now, so we, go ahead. I'm sorry. Keep going. Uh, we you know we 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 get it. Sometime now we're using you know we're using three tight ends. Uh, Three tight ends and an H back, uh, you know that's that's kind of who we are now uh, that we're developing into now. So that's kind of us. You like to say base power kind of lead, and we're going to run one what we call wedge, which most people call duo, but we call it wedge. Yeah. Now, now coach, I'm on. I'm gonna kind of go. I, I like to ask questions that we don't give you guys, obviously, because I'm yeah. hearing you talk right. about stuff, and I want to ask more. So you talk about how you guys, you can give somebody the script, you're gonna run it anyway. So my question is, is what separates you guys? you know, from someone else that, you know, obviously if we know what's coming and we still can't stop it, like what makes you guys so good at it? 
I'm going to make your defense defend more gaps. <laughs> you ain't got but 11 bodies over there. I'm going to make you – you have to put nine in the box. I'm going to give you nine gaps. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to add those extra tight ends uh, to, 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 our, to our scheme. Uh, our kids are taught, you know, we look at hands in the dirt. Uh, you got three hands down, we're going to block in a certain way. We got four hands down, we're going to block in a certain way. You know, I keep try to keep it all simple for them so they don't have to think. Uh, you know, thinking football players is probably not going to be very good, especially not up front. Uh, our rules are pretty basic, uh, pretty across the board uh, with our rules. Uh, like I said, we, 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 we look at hands down in the dirt. We, once, it, once our kids, once our center identifies how many hands are in the dirt, whatever he identifies it as, that's what we block it as. You know, so if he comes up and he tells us three hands down, then we gonna, they, they know that we, we need to cog and tray. Uh, if, they, if he comes up and he tells them four hands down, they know we need to bang or tag. Uh, so we just, it's just a matter of what, we, what, what our center identifies it as. And like I say, uh, we're always going to try to out-gap out you. We don't want to outman you. We want to out-gap you. Gonna make you have to bring more bodies down in the gap, because uh, you know more more bodies you bring down bring down in the gap. Uh, of course, you probably don't want to hear me say this, but we can throw the ball over the top. The more <laughs> I love you it, got, coach. I love it. <laughs> the more you got, you know, we are we are a heavy play action team, so you know that that kind of helps us. You know, bringing those bodies down, bring those extra bodies down. I don't care if I got these extra linemen, extra D linemen, extra tight ends. You know, just just extra bodies. I mean, this year we got to the point we we're putting some uh, wide receiver type bodies down in there. Uh, that was just it, just just for a look. Yeah. They they didn't have to block anybody. Just get in the way and just create an extra gap. That's kind of, that's kind of the philosophy that you know that we take. Put three tight ends in the game. If if you don't know what he's talking about, put three tight ends in the game and see what a defense does. And see and, and go and go tight end away or go tight end trips and see how and people are going to line up to it. Exactly. Coordinator go crazy. Defense coordinators go crazy. Matter of fact, now that you said that, I was you know, I was on Twitter uh, maybe about a month ago. And I asked him, would you rather defend uh, wide receiver trips or a tight end wing trips? And I think it was like 100% three receiver trips. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, exactly. Damn right. The kids will look at us. They'll go, hey, that's one, two, three. They'll see yeah, a single easy. and they'll see tight end wing. We're going, that's trips. they like, no, it ain't, coach. That's fat boys. They, they ain't <laughs> that's count. Not, yeah, yeah. He, can't, he can't go out. He's not going to do anything. Yep. <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of what we kind of what we do. Uh, Kind of scheme my guy, and I kind of, you know, like I said, I stole the base of it from Coach Knox, and I just kept kind of adding on my own little tweaks to it, you know, adding those multiple tight ends and wings in there. I got you, and I love that stuff, Coach. You know, again, you even said it, you like to keep it simple for you guys, and that's that's kind of what I, you know, base my stuff out of too. I love keeping it simple for those guys. So uh, that's Coach Taylor, Coach Gamble. Shoot us your like any, your scheme and your background stuff there. So offensively, we're a multiple offense too. We'll be in 10, 11, 12 personnel, and we kind of base everything around four main run schemes. We, you know, our uh, our head coach, Coach Woolbright, he played at App State. He was part of their first national title team in 05. So <clears throat> a lot of what we have is based in that App State scheme, Scott Satterfield, what he does at Louisville, what he's going to do at Cincinnati. But his background, you know, his dad and his grandfather were longtime coaches in the state, and they were wing T guys. So we carry buck, we carry counter, we carry power. But we also base wide zone and inside zone. And, and we will just hammer everything and we'll have a boot and a play action off of that. And we just rep it. I mean, like Coach Taylor talked about, I mean, if you're thinking up front, you're going to have a very long, bad night. So we try to keep the rules as simple as possible. We, we rep the bejesus out of just fronts because we attack fronts. If it's, the, hey, if it's this front, we know the calls. It's a, it's a scoop and an over. If it's this front, 
even front, it's a slip and an under. And I mean, we did a lot of the same philosophical things right there. One thing we've done this year that we'll do again next year is that we have two pretty good tight ends. And so we'll give you 10 personnel looks, you know, we'll give you dubs and trips, but we're in 12 personnel. So we can push the tempo, push the tempo, and we can be in 11 personnel looks, 12 personnel looks, or 10 personnel looks. Oh, see, I love All running our same stuff. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that kind of stuff, Coach. I mean, you're talking talking my stuff now. I'm, I'm like trying to put my calendar when I'm gonna come sit down with you guys over to and <laughs> over I mean, the off you know, season. You know, one thing Coach Taylor hit on is you know kids don't want to get down in the box because you know when we were coming along playing football, everybody. What was the first D offense formation you saw? You saw pro I. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So we all knew how to defend pro I and fit pro I, and it was weird when you saw two receivers out on both sides or three receivers on one side. I mean, now these kids, all they see is that. Yep. You know what I mean? So when you bring bodies into the box and they got to fit everything perfectly and they got to they gotta do everything right and then you shift and you motion, yeah. I mean, that's a problem. Yeah, and to, to piggyback off what you said yeah. too, like, you know, we use a, we use a lot of motion. We, we, we bam or yam uh, our tight ends and our wings a lot. Uh, we jump them, we trade them. Yep. Uh, you know, we even flex them out to, you know, flex them out to receiver positions. You know, and and I think I think the main thing is, you know, you making you making a kid that may be an outside linebacker type body that doesn't don't really want to tackle. He wants to cover tackled. You know, you putting that conflict on that defense. You know, you make you making somebody who who's not a tackler become a tackler. You know, they have they have to set the edges real quick, or it's gonna be a long night. Yeah. You know, because I I run I don't mind running power fifty times. I call it back to back to back to back. We have to. You know, that's that's kind of, I mean, truthfully and honestly, I mean, ain't no secret what we're going to do. That's kind of our tempo package. You know, we get in our tempo package. This is automatic lineup in this formation. We're just going to run power. You know, and it, it's, it's not really a secret. I think we did it against uh, uh, Swansea. We, I think we called the elephant. We put three tight ends in. And, uh, you know, we just lined up and just drove it right down the field. But it was no secret. It wasn't no, nothing fancy about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, and the base of our our offense is like like Coach said, it's it's, it's wing T really, it's down down kick out all day. Yeah, you and got, I mean, go ahead, Coach. Oh, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead, go ahead, Coach. We we kind of got this from not that we run what North Dakota State does because we're not you know that kind of offense, but the I'm idea. I'm trying to go there. <laughs> I'm with you. One of the the big idea they had in their offense was when you line up, the kids got to make eleven decisions. All right. When you shift, now there's 22 decisions being made because yeah. now they've got to think about how do I fit now that it's this formation. When you shift then motion, there's 33 decisions being made. God, just stop. At some point, <laughs> just stop. At some point a 16 or 17-year-old is going to make a mistake with 33, you know, things to different things going through their head. I mean, it's not 11 Kirby Smarts out there. Uh -uh. You know, Absolutely. you're thinking about their girlfriend or a TikTok they saw. They ain't all – likes them. Yeah, who likes them? You know, they ain't thinking about, you know, how do I fit this perfectly if they shift this way and then bring that guy across and flip the back or they're in pistol and they jump to the back being on this side. They don't think about that stuff. Yeah, th those players are out there. They're thinking about that. And you got Coach Fields over here, like, shaking in his boots. He's like, what in the, what in the world? Is we got to be able to teach our kids how to defend this stuff. And, that, and again, that, I mean, that's tough. Every, every offseason, one of the first things I do, I, I, before I go talk to people like Coach Taylor, because I've actually already talked to him about talking OL this offseason. Oh, yeah. One of the first things I do, I go talk to defensive coaches. I go, what gives y'all problems? Yep. Like, yep. what do you hate? I remember uh, Coach Pelham, who was one of the best defensive guys out there when he was at Dutch Fork. He was like, I hate the pistol, and I hate multiple tight ends, and I hate motions. 
So guess what we started doing? There you go. Now we ain't got the cats yet, but you know we that we're going to try to do things that present challenges to the best defensive guys out there. They give you the best feedback you can get. And and that's and again, that's kind of where I got my philosophy from. You know, Pelham was defense coordinator for for the time I was there at Dutch Fork. You know, and like I said, me and him used to talk all the time. And Coach Knox say, "Man, if I just keep adding tight ends, he gonna he he, he can't run that little three three stuff that he does. He can't <laughs> he, he can't he can't play can't play with those outside guys." He can't bring one and not and drop one. He's going. He's going to have to sit set the edges on both edges. So this makes it even easier for me. Yeah, you so you know, take away the disguise that makes that defense. Take away the disguise of it. So if we see a three man front, you better bet you're going to see three tight ends. There you go. Yeah. I, trust me. I don't. I, I don't envy defensive coaches having to try to, you know, again defend all all that like tight ends and then you can like you know bust them out wide and do stuff like that too. Like I, I don't envy that. You know, it's you guys got a tough job over there, Coach Fields. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's funny, too. Um, I kind of learned from Pelham myself a little bit when I took that D.C. job at Cross. And it was funny, we're rocking and rolling um, in practice until I added a tight end in and started talking about those tight end rules. Even one tight end, it started blowing my outside linebackers' minds of, hey, I'm hot, but I'm still coming inside that guy. Or, hey, I'm the force guy, but this is how I fit. And then once you get them go with one tight end, you're feeling okay for a day or two at camp. And then you see your first tight end wing. You see your first yep. FIB. You see your yep. first, like, May River this season with us. We're a 4-3 at Cane Bay, and I've talked about it before. Those cats at May River legit was going three tight ends or two tight end wing. And That's Bonneville, yeah. It, it was it, – it's just nasty, man. It, it's nasty, especially when you're seeing spread teams like these guys have been talking about. If you're seeing a bunch of spread teams and you see that, good luck. What's funny <laughs> is that the OC at May River also worked with Pelham when they were at Westwood together. There you go. Yeah, Bonneville. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is already my favorite episode, and we we just got it's just one question into the aired out segment. So um, we'll kind of jump into the the next question for you guys real quick. Talk about some of your favorite EDDs, Coach Gamble. You go first. Your everyday drills. Probably my favorite EDD was one I got from a guy named Gabe Fertita. He was the head coach at Catholic High School in Baton Rouge. I talked to him over the quarantine, and now he's the senior offensive analyst at. Florida State and the drill is called bench drill <clears throat> so what you do let's say you've got the right guard right? you got the right guard you put a three technique to his right you'll work what they what we call full to full right you'll base block the guy you'll reach block the guy you can practice your down block right then you treat it like the right guard and the three technique but now he's on your backside shoulder so you work half to half think about like the postman on a combo or working a crowther sled y'all get what i'm saying yep so you just work that that crowther movement up to the second level working you know high inside leg near shoulder near leg contact then you'll work you know full to half that guy you're stepping like i'm gonna base block this guy he crosses your face in the opposite gap and you just transition to half to half now you're comboing with the guy behind you so think about it it could be like a shade he's spiking over to a three that tackle's coming down on a gap scheme, and now you're working as the postman in that combo on the snap. Or you work uh, half to full. You think you're going to post up on that guy. He slants into your gap, and now you're taking him right there. And I like that drill a lot because it's a stance and start drill. You so go. you're working stance and start every single day. You're working your base block, your combo blocks. You're working movement. I mean, that's really the only scenario you can see. Guys in your gap, guys not in your gap. You know what I mean? So you work these scenarios over and over again every single day. 
and you can work it with zone or you can work you can work it with you know front side of zone back side of zone front side of gap and it just takes you know it a lot of times we don't have time to rep everything you know what i mean yeah. like in our offense we run wide zone inside zone with all the tags we've run three technique trap in a season buck sweep power counter gh counter gt counter ht i mean when you run all that stuff, you've got to find ways to rep the fundamentals every single day yep. and rep that basic good stuff. And so that's a drill I think you can't really do enough. It's a great open and practice drill. That's awesome, Coach. That's good stuff. Um, Coach, Coach Taylor, what about you? What about some of your favorites? Uh, my absolute favorite, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm probably more old school with it. My, my absolute favorite is just getting a stance and start. You know, we, 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 we – <laughs> our kids run out. We call it because like, we don't we don't run off the ball. We waddle off. Um, you know we we do that part relentlessly. I make them do it for about fifteen minutes a day, uh, a, a practice time. Um, we just in the shoot. We just step in right foot, left foot. You know, off slide off the boards. Turn your boards to the left. Angle your board to your to your to the left or right. You know, we just basic down 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 the shoot. Uh, I put a guy in the shoot, just make him get their fit, finish, and drive in from from the inside of the shoot, stepping right foot or left foot. Uh, you know, we we straight up just our long board. I call it long board. I put all our um, boards together, and probably gets about maybe five of the long long boards together, and uh, we just waddle up and down that board for about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, if you look at where our linemen work at, it's just it's a, just a rut over there uh, because they they've pounded that that ground out so much, like a herd of elephant just right on that on that path. Uh, you know, you kind of see where the feet are starting to. If you looked at it when we first started, you can see feet kind of wide to the right or wide to the left, or you know, now you can see all the feet are kind of almost sequenced together, uh, kind of in that same position. So my mine mine is just basic footwork, basic stance and starts. Uh, I feel like everything we do starts with a stance and start. You know, um, there's nothing that we can do in our offense if we don't if we don't have that good stance and start and have that good that good footwork because uh, like I say, we're a gap skiing team. Uh, if we get if we get to the backer too fast. Uh, we're not going to sustain that block long enough for our back to get through. You know, nine times out of ten, it's going to end up being the guy, bat's going to slide off, and either we're going to get caught for holding, or he's going to make, or he's going to make a tackle for loss, or he's going to make a tackle where we could have a thirty-yard gain. He's going to tackle it for a five-yard gain. You know, so we we work we work footwork, footsteps, footwork like relentlessly. Um, again, that's something else I stole from Coach Knox. Uh, we did that from opening day of spring to the last day of state championship week. You know, and that's that's what we make our guys do now. You know, relentless footwork drills. Just, I mean, it's, it is it is relentless, uh, and they they know it. Uh, you know, if I'm running a little late, getting up getting up to the practice, you know, the guys they, they already know what they're doing. <laughs> they already know to get this footwork drill done. You know, of course they they try to BS me. Oh, we already did it, Coach. We already did that. <laughs> okay, well let's let's do it again. Let's I, I want to see it. Let's do it again. And, you know, they oh man, we got to do this all over again. Yes, we're gonna do it all over again. You know, so it's just I just I, I just think I just think that 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 you know that EDD that you gotta have, like Coach said, it has to start with something with a stance and start in it. It's just whatever you can do with a stance and start. Coach, I'm gonna say you probably don't get a lot of good uh, a Christmas presents at Christmas time from your OL guys, do you? <laughs> nah, not really. <laughs> nah, he's lying. I coached one of his kids in the All Star game. They love him. Uh, that's awesome, man. One thing I do want to say about Coach Taylor's guys because I've you know I've coached against Coach for a while at Ridgeview and at Dutch Fork. You know, O-line kind of goes into two categories. You're either a bullet or a boulder. You know what I mean? You're either you're either coached up that you're trying to just, you know, old school fly off the ball and tag someone. And that's awesome if you get that initial surge. But in every scheme, yeah, initial surge is great, but you don't stay on that block. Yeah. Coach has big rolling boulders. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> they all have a base. 
They all they all maintain that base. They keep their legs high. They advance their stagger. They move people. It doesn't look they're not flying off the ball and tattooing people, but they're striking and moving people. And that's what he's done a great job at everywhere he's been. And I, and I appreciate that, Coach. It may not look pretty to to the eye all the time, uh, but check the stat book. <laughs> it, check, it, check. It's hard convincing some coaches to change to that way. You know what I mean? Because a lot of us grew up, come off the ball, run off the ball. But once you understand it, it, it really is a good way of going in high school. And also, it takes the strength that they do in the weight room, the things you stress in the weight room, and puts it on the field. I'm gonna tell you who that who's 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 one of the absolute best at it that caught my just caught my eye a couple a couple games I seen him play. George Kittle. What's the guy Kittle? Kittle that plays with the 49ers tight end? Yeah. yeah. Watch watch him block. He's he's phenomenal. The way he the way he arcs, he, he he can run off the ball with an arc arc running off, but by the time he gets to that linebacker, it probably takes him a thousand steps to get there. Mm-hmm. And he's fitted up on him so perfectly that it's just like, it's damn, he can't get nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's, done. Over. it's done. It's over. He can, the backer can get nothing. You know, and, and, you, and you look at those, those, those explosive runs that the 49ers have a lot of times, watch him. Watch yeah. him. It's, it's, I mean, uh, 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 Williams is great, but watch him. He yeah. sets that edge with, with, with the way he comes off the ball. And a lot of when Williams wins a block, it's just because he's such a freak athlete. He's a freaking athletic. He's I mean, a freaking, a freaking he animal. Always have a base, you know. But he's running so fast for his size. Oh yeah. When he fits the pads on you, there's not a whole lot you can do about it when someone's hitting you that freaking fast. Animal. Absolutely. Yeah. Freaking animal. Yeah. So, uh, you know, good start there, guys. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick little break and then we're gonna come right back to it. Okay. These guys are talking about, you know, we're back here. We just talked some EDD stuff, and I know that these guys could just go on and on, and we could sit here and listen to them all night too. Um, I, I kind of jumped to the next part of what we were wanting to talk about. So, obviously, you guys are coaching. You're not coaching a quarterback. You're not coaching one guy. You're not coaching two guys. You ain't even coaching three to four guys. You guys are coaching five to six guys, possibly more, you know, on Friday night. So, how do you manage coaching that many players at a time? And, and you know, how do you see the game on a Friday night? Coach, well, uh, let's go Coach Gamble first. Go ahead. Well, during the week, you manage it by filming everything. I mean, you got to film it, and they got to see it, and you got to watch it. But on a Friday night, in-game, I'm not watching my guys as much as I'm watching a specific person on defense. You know what I mean? Like, I watch the backside backer. Because in high school football, who's making half the plays? Coach Fields, that's, that's, that's his thing right there. Yeah. I mean, who's I the backside backer? <laughs> Facts. I, I, learned that, Christ, I learned that from Mark Clem. That was a big thing I took from him talking to him. He's like, I, he's like I'm going to make sure I got bodies going to the backside backer because somebody's not going to go to him. Heck, yeah. I got it from uh, Coach Knotts watching his tape. A lot of times when they see an odd front, they'll just quick try to flip their hips on a nose and send that play side guard on gap scheme to that backside backer now because they're going to get him. You know what I mean? That's why, that's why he don't run wide zone. Exactly. Because you can't get up there all the time. That's that's why he runs base instead, instead of a true yep. wide zone. Can't block the backside backer. Yeah, yeah. He so, cussed like, me slam out one day behind that. One. I don't mean to cut you off, but <laughs> he cussed me slam out behind that one day. I asked him. I said, "Cause well, why 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 don't you run the the, the wide zone? Cause we can get outside zone. We can go outside zone on this on this." Do you know who's gonna block the freaking backside backer? <laughs> I said, "Well, we'll cut the backside back off with the backside tackle. He's running." I'm like, okay, I'll, this is what you brought me here for to run the zone. We ain't run the zone play yet. We've been a month. I never forget. I didn't ask you, you that. I never forget what you told me 
I think maybe your second or third year there, you were like, there was a way I did things before I got here, and there's a way I do things now. Now, you're right. <laughs> but, I mean, one, you know, we use Huddle Sideline, so we're, we're looking at it, you know, on the sideline with the kids. And in game, I might be watching point of attack. I have the running back coach and the tight ends coach watch specific things. So I give them, hey, you're watching backside in. Hey, watch point of attack. Usually I'm watching backside backers, certain schemes. I'm, I might be watching someone else. Like if we're running three trap, my eyes are probably going to see if we're going to trap that three. But, I mean, you have to figure out a way to coach everyone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you got to give feedback constantly. Like when you're repping something, give feedback because even if it's that not that guy's rep, the next guy's got to see it. All right. And something I do, I mean, I'll take out my phone and film Indy, or I'll give my phone to a trainer. I'll be like, "Hey, film what we're doing," and I'll upload it and I'll show it to the kids. There you go. I mean, if I had a little student manager, and I'm sure I could find one at Lexington. There's only you know, twenty five hundred kids running around. <laughs> yeah. Give them an iPad and say, "Hey." film our drills because my guy i mean my kids are great i'll give them this they'll they'll come in the morning they want to do the extra they'll watch the film and that's how you manage it you got to show them everything on film and you got to as a staff be organized and how are you communicating to your guys what are you watching and then use the technology that we have absolutely okay coach taylor go ahead that's a good point I th- I, that's a good point you just made to use use the technology that you have you know, that's 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 key um but i think when i you know when i first started out trying to watch them all myself I was that ego, ego guy. Those are my guys. I, I can watch my guys. And, you know, as it went on, I kept saying, I forgot I got five guys. <laughs> you know, six when the tight end is in there, you know, so I'm like, oh, I can't watch them all. Uh, but I, so now what I do is, um, well, my position's kind of changed a little bit, I'm trying to watch a little bit of everything now. Uh, but when I was just, just, just O-line, I normally had me, when I got with Knox, it was two of us. So I would always watch the backside, backside of the play, and my, my JV guy would watch the uh, front side of the play. If the play is front side of the play, you know it's successful, it busted, okay, it popped. I need to know why that backside backer is making a tackle because he's going to ask me why the backside tackle is making a tackle. But I think that the biggest the biggest point of this uh, of all of that is making sure your guys can speak your language. Like I say, it's constant feedback. So when we get when we get the guys to the bench and ask them, hey, why that why that three technique do this or why that five do this or why are they wide nine or the tight sevens? Like we you know what what is it? You know what what are we getting? They have to be able they have to be able to spit that back to me, because like I say, I like I tell them all the time. First off, I'm not playing with you. I'm not out there. So if y'all see something that we called and y'all can make the adjustment, then make the adjustment. You know, make the adjustment. Y'all have to block it, not me. Uh, so the first thing is making sure those kids can speak your language. Uh, making sure your guys understand what a three technique is, you know, what a five technique is. Right? When we've got the LR, we have a bunch of kids, got a bunch of great athletes, but they couldn't tell you what a three technique was, you know. So we had we had to go back and teach that. And now this year, my office line, this, we're going to bring it back all five. Uh, they can speak the language. Uh, so I think that's key in making sure that your guys, that you can watch and you can be responsible for your guys. Make sure they can speak your language so that you can make adjustments on the sideline. And, again, like, like, like Coach said, the freaking technology that they have now is it's like stealing. Uh with so huddle sideline and we bought the uh ProCom headsets. Yeah. So so I use I, I didn't take the quarterback uh device and the helmet thing like everybody's gonna be using this year. Uh I took the little box. So there's a box that comes with that headset uh set that you can talk to the talk to the people at the at the T V and they can also speak back to you. So what they do now my guys have brought me they bring me an iPad I got a kid that follow, kind of follow with me with an iPad so I can watch the series 
And if there's a timeout need to be taken or something like that, I can, still, I can watch it from the sideline. So as I as I go through, they give me a couple of minutes to talk to the kids underneath the tent. Hey, you know, this is what we need to do. Or, or you know, little Jimmy, why didn't you block this three technique? He can say, Coach, I didn't see him or whatever. You know, he can just, he can just speak out to me and I can speak back to him. And we can have a conversation using that technology from the box. And, you know, Coach made a really good point about the common language teaching your kids. I mean, your kids, they don't need to know everything about defense, but they need to understand. I mean, the, the phrase I always use with them, I go, guys, defense is a puzzle. Every single one of them has got to fit a piece of the puzzle, which means somebody's going to be playing your gap. So a play should never end where just two of you are just block half, you know, half-ass blocking somebody <laughs> and just standing there looking at each other like, oh, where'd that guy come from? Uh-uh. Like, defense is a puzzle. Somebody's going to fit that gap. So you're always working to fit someone up in that gap and, and getting kids to understand that. So if you go, hey, this guy made the tackle, it's very easy to see. Well, whose gap is that? That's yours, my man. That's that. <laughs> All right, guys, so we'll go ahead and transition to our next question here. Um, you guys kind of brushed on this a little bit, so I'm pretty excited to hear this answer for this one. And it's how do you balance physicality versus technique and scheme in the high school setting with your offensive line? Coach Gamble, you can go ahead first here. You know, when you gave me this, I was thinking about it. You know, really, you can kind of break it down into three parts. Like, your first part, third of your year, when you're out there spring, you know, the summer stuff, you're you're not padded or limited contact, that's where you're hammering technique. That's where you're starting with the basics. You know what I mean? The second phase is camp you know, where you're really, you know, you're hammering it, you're contacting, you're building that physicality, you're building that callus, you're making that edge. But along with that, you build a lot of your physicality in the weight room, how you lift weights, how you attack the weight room. I mean, I'll be honest with you, this these past two years, we have one day of like full contact a week. I mean, we're hitting cans Tuesday and Wednesday, and that's very different for me, and that's very different for Coach Woolbright, but – in 2021, we had COVID stuff happen. You know what I mean? We had to do cans. We had to do this. And, you know, if you build that physicality early on, that third phase in the season is kind of balancing both, focusing on refining technique, but keeping that edge, you know, keeping the callus you built in camp and that you built year-round in the weight room. Coach Taylor, what you got for us? You know, I'm, I agree with Coach, like what he said. Uh, Coach Gamble, uh, you know, I think that, when I saw this question, I was like, ooh, this is a pretty good question here. Yeah. Uh I, I think I think building that physicality is is it's it's a mindset thing. It's 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 a weight room thing. Like I say, it has to be developed in the weight room. Uh, you know, we've we've finally been able to hire our first full time uh strength guy. Um so he's been hammering their butt in the weight room in the weight room and I absolutely love him. My office right next door and all I hear is weight weight just clinging and slamming on the floor and I'm just like, Yes. Yes, that's a touchdown. That's another touchdown. That's a tackle for long. I'm just over there getting excited because I, I understand. That's power for 40. That. That's power yeah. for 54. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Because I understand the importance of that of the weight room and the toughness. It has to be developed there first. Um, but I think the second part of it is, you know, in the summer, I think we do things a little differently. Uh, again, I stole this from Coach Knox. Uh, we don't we don't pull tires and and tire run and and uh. You know all the other stuff they do in the summer. I know we we practice eleven on eleven in the summer. 
uh, we're practicing amongst ourselves 11 on 11. You look at the NFL camp practice, that's the way that we practice in the summer. I have a full practice script. We have special teams, everything, just like we're going, just like we're going to do for the, for hopefully for the next 15 weeks of, of of the regular season and playoffs. So I, for one, I think making sure your kids are familiar with your scheme, understanding your scheme, that allows them to play a lot more physical uh, because they know what they're doing. Uh, they're not, they're, you've taken some of the guesswork out of it. Now, of course, you have to tweak some things here and there. You know, of course, you know, game plan during the week. Uh, but I think when you, when you take the guessing out of it for a lot of these kids, they tend to cut it loose a little bit more, and they can play a little bit more physical. And then I just think it's just it's just a reception of who you are as a, as an O line coach. Bingo. You know, are you are, are you going to be that O line coach that's going to be like, okay, okay, this one went for three, okay, that's fine, okay, uh, no, we need to bust this shit for thirty. You know, bite your damn mouthpiece and let's go. I mean, I, 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 for instance, I mean, my kids were BSing when we were, once we got in pads. Uh, they were kind of lollygagging around, and uh, I put the ball on the three yard line. And we ran freaking wedge, must be about forty times, uh, and that's just straight bite your mouthpiece. It ain't no guessing. There is no guesswork in it. Bite your mouthpiece and let's put your f- freaking five fingers in the dirt. Let's go see who's gonna be the better man. You know, and, and it's something that, you know, I know everybody concussion this, concussion that, but this is a game of football. It's, it's, it's a game of, of, of physical contact. That's what this game was designed for. You know, when they put the flags on, then we'll play flag football. But as long as they give us a helmet, as long as they give us a helmet and some shoulder pads, we're going we gonna to hit. So, you, you know, I, I had to develop that. I had to get that get that in them real quick. Uh, you know, we went and played uh, Crestwood, I mean, scrimmage Crestwood like the next week. And I think, you know, a lot of it, being physical too also has to do with your scheduling. You know, some people schedule light early and all this. And I, I, I don't believe in that. I want to come out the gates being as physical as possible, playing the most physical teams as possible. I just feel that's how you get better. And your kids see that. They're like, okay, I don't, I don't like that. I, I, you know, I don't like getting pushed back. So I want, to be, I want to do the pushing. So I think it's just all about the mindset that you develop in your kids and, you know, and the swagger and the – and the, and the weight room work that, and, the, and the relentlessness and the just toughness that you put in your kids, you know, I I try to instill that in our in our guys. You know, some push back, but by the end of the day, they're they're, they're doing what we want them to do. And I mean, you, you nailed it. Like an O line coach has to have an edge. You gotta have. You gotta. I mean, you gotta you have mean, a little edge. I mean, this isn't court. You know, I listen to you guys' podcast talking about quarterbacks, and <laughs> they do have to kind of manage quarterbacks different. You know what I mean? Is there a little prima donna y sometimes? There it is, yes. Keep but going, I mean, coach. Like, Keep going, well, coach. You you have to get five dudes that are by the way, nothing about O line is natural. None of us grew up blocking when we were playing backyard football. We were all, you know, I'm the neighborhood all time leading rusher. You know, I'm the Walter right. neighborhood I grew up in. I got bigger than everybody first. You know. Like, none of this is natural. None of this is easy. And you got to build pride, cohesion, toughness. That we love this stuff. You know what I mean? That we, this is what we do. We're got to move another three hundred pound man against his will. Absolutely. <laughs> it, what, the Russ Grimm quote: "It's moving a man from point A to point B against his will." You know that that's offensive line play. You, you are you have to physically dominate the person across from you, and that's the thing you got to get across. And the other thing, you got to convince five dudes that they can win every single block. You know what I mean? When I was at Northeast in 2014, we went up against Albert Huggins at Orangeburg-Wilkinson. We went to Clemson. My guy, Norman Wallace, he was a big kid, but he, you know, he was not a big offer kid. Went and played at Charleston University up in West Virginia. All week long, I didn't go, Norman, you know, you can't go, this guy's going to kick your butt, this. I'm like, you're going to whip his tail. You know what I mean? 
you're going to go out there and you're going to hit him in the mouth and you're going to play better technique. You're going to get both hands up underneath that guy. You're going to lift him out of his shoes and put him on his tail. And damn, if he didn't play the best game he had that season because he got after it. That, that's the thing as an O-line coach. you got to make five of the worst athletes on that team believe they are gods. And, you know, funny, funny, funny story that you said that. I think it was my second year or third year. We had a little we, – we, we didn't have a center. So the next best center was like 5'8", probably about 200 pounds. Honeycutt? No, not Honeycutt, uh, Scrappy, uh, yeah. Jalen McDuffie. I and, I, and, I, and I told Coach Knox, who was in summer camp, and he looked at me and he cussed me, dog cussed me again, that's the best you got? That's the freaking best that you got? We play 5'8 freaking football. So I looked at him, I said, well, you find another best. I said, you find another center out here that can do what he's going to do. He probably freaking do it and you're fired. <laughs> so I looked at I looked at Jalen. I looked at him, we called him Scrappy. I said, Scrap. I said, I don't give a damn what he says to you. I said, you don't come out until I physically come grab you. I said, I don't care if he tells you to get your ass out of here and run to you. I don't you move. I said, don't move. Kid ended up being we ended up winning, winning the state championship, went 15-0. Kid led the team in probably about week six or seven. Uh, we were sitting in the film room, and we had a protection. We call 80 protection, which nobody, he never runs it because it's so difficult for the kids to understand. And Scrap was looking at the board, and he said, Coach, that's 80 protection. You know, I'm supposed to do this, and this guy does this, and this guy does that. And he looked back at me, and he kind of growled at me a little bit, and then we went on the field. He said, uh, I guess you were fucking right, huh? <laughs> well, I, said, I said, well, I said, no, nah, I, 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 I don't think I was right. Coach, it was all you are doing. And he just looked at me and smiled and walked away. I shut up. <laughs> but the kid was 5'8". The kid was 5'8". Yeah. But, but I would take that kid in the freaking alley. Right. I would take that kid in the alley because he had he had he had a toughness, he had a mentality about himself, and he knew he was five eight. But you want he wasn't gonna let you know he was five eight. You know what I'm saying? He was gonna get he was gonna bite cloth, whatever he had to do to get that block done, to get a block, you know, to be successful. And those are kids that you want to develop into. You know, you know, I probably coach some of the worst athletes probably in the world. God, some kids that you should be like, oh, oh my goodness, why are you here? But they turn out to be good ball players. Uh, because for one, they want it. You know, they want they want that discipline. They want that structure, and they listen and they understand. Hey, I'm not the greatest athlete, so I gotta listen to what this dude's saying, because you know he's gonna he's gonna give me at least a fighting chance with my technique. You know, and those and that, and that's how you develop some toughness in them, man. Just getting that trust. You know, if you get that trust in them, man, if you get that trust, they'll run through a brick wall for you. Relationships, number one. All starts there. Yeah. All starts there. Absolutely. So, and you gotta get five guys to do the right thing. Yeah, and listen, guys, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm, you know, again, I, I played quarterback and I coached those prima donnas and I coached receivers and, and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, I 100%, you, and Coach Fields can vouch for this, I know for a fact that those guys up front are the most important guys on the offense. I, it is hands, hands down, no question. And that's why, you know, this is an episode that I was looking forward to because without those guys up front, it don't matter what scheme you run. If you're not good up front or if you can't handle the line up front, it don't matter what you run. It's going to be a long night no matter what. I get in trouble because no matter what we do, my old line eat first. No go. matter what we do, they, they eat first. I don't care what it is. Whatever it is that we're going to do with something good, they're going to go first. <laughs> That's now, when we come to run it, I make them go last. <laughs> That's right. I, I like it, Coach. I'm all about it, for sure. The Stanford way. That's what they did. Hey. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's, to me, to me, it's just the greatest position there is, man. You got to get five guys to do things the right way, you know, 40, 50 times a night. You know, and that's and that's rare in today's society that you get five guys that buy in that's never gonna score a touchdown, will never touch the ball, you know, never gonna get the, the, the glory, 
Don't only time they're gonna get their name calls when they screw up, you know, and 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 get fussed at if quarterback gets hit or running back make a tackle for loss, you know, gets tackled for loss. It's always their fault. So you got you got. I mean, they, I mean, I think they're just tough-minded people. Just to go back to your original question, I think they're just naturally tough-minded people, individuals. And that's why I kind of I put this question on here. I was kind of giggling to myself because it's almost it's not a hot take. I'm a hot take guy. But everybody just thinks an offensive line coach is supposed to be just a hard ass. And what y'all need to understand, if, if you don't know much about it, these guys are technicians, man. If you meet a true offensive line coach, he's going he's gonna to be a hard ass. Let, let's just call it what it is. These guys have just showed you that. But they're also going to be technicians, and they're also going to be great at building those relationships. You know, So that's, that's really why I wanted to put that question on there to understand. It's a mindset. And also, these guys aren't just telling – Fat boys, hey, go block that guy. I mean, there's years of development that these two guys that we're listening to right now have put into their kids, you know. Um, it's a complicated position. I think it's a complicated position to coach, and it's one that you guys probably love to do. I mean, I mean, like, like, like I said earlier, I put all my trust in my center to make the, to make the calls. Whatever he calls is what we do. I mean, yeah. wrong, right, wrong, or indifferent. If he screws it up, then we all, we all screw up together. You know, we all screw up together. So I put, I put my – my job, my career, on a fifteen-year-old kid most of the time. Yeah, you know, to five make to make the right. I mean, five of them to make yeah. the proper call. So I mean, it's it's just it is what it is, and you know, and, and to see the success that these kids have, you know, when they when you know when you score, that's why I tell them man, it's so important to go down there and congratulate each other. You know, be happy when you score. Absolutely. I mean, you just you just you just accomplish something together. Yeah. I don't care if it's fifty to nothing. If you score one time. Go down there and shake each other's hand, man. Go down there and be excited about it. Yeah, Coach. So, um, I, again, I, I, see, I'm, I'm ready to run through a brick wall myself. So, um, <laughs> if you guys kind of hit on a little bit. We're going to talk about, like, lower-level stuff here in a second. But we're going to take a quick break come right back, okay? Talking OL stuff with Coach Gamble from Lexington High School and Coach Taylor from Lower Richland. These guys have already turned this episode into my favorite. I'm going to go back and listen to it, you know, write some notes down and stuff. I'm sure, you know, if you're listening to this, obviously, uh, you know, hopefully you're taking something from it too. Um, so we've been talking pretty much, you know, EDD stuff and your scheme, stuff like that. So now we want to talk a little bit about the lower level stuff. So how do you guys manage your lower level OL and your coaches? Or just talk about your relationship with those guys. Coach Taylor, I'll let you go first. Uh, well, I, I, I believe in the, 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 the everybody coaches everybody system. Um, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily – Say hey, you just a JV guy, or you're just a B team guy, uh, which was, this is the first year we had a B team in seven years at Lower Richland, so we're getting on the right track. Uh, you know, I think that's that that was a plus for us this year. Uh, but I don't believe in hey, you just a B team guy, or you just you know you're just a varsity guy. Uh, I believe in a part. I'm, I'm more of the part to hold kind of system, and what I mean by that is everybody's responsible for every, for everybody. Uh, I pretty much got two coaches at every position, uh, and those guys are responsible for that position. Uh, you know, there may be one guy that's kind of, quote, unquote, the lead guy uh, at that position. Just for clarity, just, hey, when it's nut-cutting time, who do I need to cuss out? Uh, <laughs> you know, who, 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 do, who do I need to have this conversation with? <laughs> so it's kind, of, it's kind of a lead guy, and then it's kind of a guy under him. And what I kind of do with the guy, the kind of the lead guy is probably the more veteran seasoned guy uh, and in most cases. And then there's a uh, guy under him, he's probably more, more likely uh, – from my old line, it's the guy that played for me when I was at Ridgeview, so he kind of understands kind of what you know what I like, what I don't like, and then my uh, uh, the other guys kind of lead guy. My my OC is gonna take over uh, 
coaching O line again this year. Um, so you know he's, we kind of work it like that. Uh, but we don't we don't we don't necessarily specify. Hey, you you're just this this and you're just a B team. You're just a JV. We don't we don't do that. Uh, like I said, because I believe that it's important that everybody knows what everybody can do. Uh, if COVID ain't taught us nothing else, that we need to be prepared for anything. Uh, you know, one of my biggest fears is kind of one of my biggest fears during COVID was somebody's going to be missing a coach. Uh, so I made sure every every coach was able to coach everything. Uh, you know, I didn't know how to you know didn't know how to let us do it. Uh, so I know offense. My, you know, my 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 thinking was, and I might be crazy. I didn't know they. Ain't, I didn't know they was gonna let offense be on the field. The defense had to stay like by the locker room or some crazy crap, and then had to come back. Like, I mean, it was all kind of crazy rules up here during COVID. So I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I didn't want to coach to get COVID and not know would be stuck. So I wanted to make sure everybody knew what everybody you know what everybody was supposed to do. Everybody's responsibility. Uh, but I believe in the lower level guys. Those are the bread and butter of, of, of our program. Um, if you asked our, like I said, first time we had a B team, they can come in, they can speak the language. Uh, they can tell you what a cog is. They can tell you what a tray is. They can tell you what a base is. Uh, tight ends can tell you if, if I got a base, bang, back, or, well, you know, whatever. You know, center, centers can make the protection calls. They can make the run game calls. Uh, and that was just all because we started with a B team, I think. I really feel like that that helped us because those kids didn't have to sit. They got a chance to play and see it and, and, and experience it. Uh, so we put probably – just as much stock as we do on a Friday night into a Thursday night. And I, I, I try to not put myself in there on a Thursday night uh, because I want to give my coaches a chance. Uh, my, 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 my philosophy is I, want, I tell my guys three years and you got to be gone. We need to start looking for you to go somewhere else. You know, I don't want you – I would love for you to be here 40 years with me. You know, there's a couple guys that I'm not going to let go. I'm trying to hold them forever. Uh, but it's just uh, the younger ones, I, w- I want coaches to be able to develop and leave. Um, because I think that's just selfish as hell for coaches to try to hold guys for 20, 30 years. Let these guys develop. Give them a chance to call plays on a Thursday night. Give them a chance to be the lead OL guy on a Thursday night, you know, or Wednesday night or whatever the case may be. Uh, give, give these guys a chance. You know, everybody gets in this profession hoping to advance, I hope. Uh, you know, I, I hope. So, we, we, like I said, but we still put as much stock in it. They're not going to get out there and just, you know, BS it. If you're not serious about it, then you're not going to do it. Uh, you know, I get out and I'll do it if I have to. But I try, I try to take myself out of a Thursday night or Wednesday night games and let the, let the other guys, you know, take control so they're having the same understanding and same, same love and passion for the game and, and same want to as I do. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, Coach, Coach Gamble, go ahead and add what you, you know, your kind of philosophy in that same situation. Well, one, I'm the varsity and JV offensive line coach. So I have them for three years. Like, uh, and – the, the practice, what I'm doing with varsity, about 99% of it's going to be the exact same thing I'm doing when we flip over to those JV guys in a practice. Uh, it, you know, a lot of people don't want to coach JV. They, they, they want nothing to do with it. They, some, especially some guys I see coming in, they think they're too good to coach JV. Mm-hmm. The lifeblood of your program is JV, B team, and middle school football. Yep. That, that's the difference between elite programs and average programs. Are you developing your kids long-term? So we have the same everything JV varsity. Now, we have a B-team offensive line coach, but in the summertime, I'm coaching them with him. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not just coaching the B-team, getting them ready down the road. I'm coaching him on what I want, what our common language is, what we're going to do. And, you know, in our district, I have the luxury. I can work with the middle schools, you know, 
not not every district has that. Like we have two feeder middle schools. They're just going to us. There's no open enrollment. There's no. I mean, I remember when I was in Richland too. The, our main feeder middle school was split by <laughs> Wild West, right? Okay, at three different high schools, you know, came to our one. You know, three different. Excuse me, three different high schools split one middle school, and so and you, you couldn't go you, talk to them either. You couldn't, you couldn't even you couldn't even say hey to them in Richland too. Couldn't, couldn't do anything. I remember I went to just watch a middle school basketball game, not even do anything, just wanted to see what the athletes looked like. And one of their assistant principals came and got all mad at me because I was wearing my Northeast gear. But so in that situation, when they got in the ninth grade, I had to teach them everything, you know, and various levels of football knowledge, stance starts and everything. The benefit I have here is in the summertime, those middle schools, when they're lifting, I'm working with them. You know what I mean? Like we take the time to work with those guys and I'm building the relationships with those guys. Oh, I know Coach Gamble. He, he's a good guy. He, he, he you know, he, he's invested in me. He wants me to do a good job. He wants to see me grow. I mean, this year, this coming year, this rising senior class, I'll, I've been working with them since they were in the eighth grade. You know what I mean? I'll know. I've, I've seen every single one of them every year, work with them, O-line. You know, I was doing a little bit of tinkering about how we should make our calls easier, and I went and ran it by my guys. You know, I asked my senior guys, hey, do you think this is an easier way to, to call this, to learn this kind of thing? And they're like, yeah, because it's easier like this, because they've been in the system so long. You know what I mean? They understand the calls. They understand understand everything and that's how you develop a good not just o-line but a good program you're coaching everything everything has common language you have common drills you have common techniques that's how you get really good because all football is is blocking and tackling if i'm teaching blocking one way and our b team coach is teaching it from you know the 1981 clemson tigers those are different ways of blocking and so we got to i'm sorry go ahead coach no no, no that's it man and I, I think also too the the part of that development piece too is you got to get your guys to go clinic. Yes. Uh, you know you have to. We just came back from the AFCA uh, this week uh, up in Charlotte. Uh, you know my guys came back with a wealth of knowledge. You know and like I tell them, hey, it all sounds good on the board, but we got to make sure it fits what you know what we do. Uh, you know it all it all looks good on the board, but we have to make it fit Lower Richland. You know so but we clinic a lot, man. We we my guys do a good job of. Uh, uh, purchasing, we bought the little Glazer coach coaches packet. I think every Glazer guy, put, drive, yeah. yeah, I think every guy put in like forty bucks. So now we're able to be going to hit about two or three Glazers up. You know, you can go, you can go to the drive and the vote and go back and watch all that stuff. You know, they do this stuff out of their own pocket. Out of their, they brought the idea to me to do it. Um, so I think also to you know get your lower levels going. You know, you also got to get your guys out to clinic. And, you know, and that that helps your program. You know, all the way around. Um, you know, we I'm, I'm kind of like Coach Gamble. I got the luxury of two middle schools uh, that you know that feed into me as well, both from perennial and the uh, middle of middle school championships every year. Um, so that's 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 been a blessing for us too. And, so, and you know, Coach hit on something, talking about Clint. I'm sorry, Coach. I didn't mean to. No, you're fine, Coach. You're fine. Go ahead. Coach talked about Clint, not just doing things like Glazier and visiting a college. Go talk to other high school coaches. You know. I, I love watching the big boys, but I don't have the big boys. Now, some of the techniques are really sound and they can apply to everything. Yeah. Like our defensive coordinator and I sat down Tuesday and we made a list of anyone we want to talk to that is similar offensively and defensively to us in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. And we made a list and we're going to try to narrow down if we can visit maybe two or three of those guys in this offseason. 
And that's I mean, what I do during spring break. I'm a lunatic. I'll research. I'll get on the U.S. News report and I'll research what your school demographics look like to see how close you are to what I got. You know what I mean? Is I want to see how do you achieve high levels of success with the kind of cats like I have and that you have. And that's what I'm looking for in the offseason and technique. You can't ever learn enough technique. How can you be a better technician at O-line? Yeah, that's, that's what we do during spring break. We'll, uh, we'll just jump in the car. Maybe we might, might take a Monday or Tuesday, the first Monday, Monday, the first Monday or Tuesday of spring break. And we may go hit like from North Carolina, come all the way back around through Georgia and then come back home. Yep. Uh, come back to South Carolina, but you know we, we we try to get out on the road. Uh, we may hit some, like I said, we got we may, we may hit high schools, may hit colleges. You know, we may just hit some rec league stuff. To be honest with you, you know anybody that can help us, you know we want we want we, we want it. We want to be helped. You know, like I say, uh, it's just all about getting out and finding what fits your program. Um, but I think a lot I think a lot of people that are not having sustained success is because they're not putting into their feeders. You know they're not putting into the to the lower levels like they should be. They kind of look for the flash in the pan on Friday nights and think that's going to be the tell all be all. Uh, then you look up and it's two or three years and you don't you, you know you're not having that same success because you haven't put anything into your feeder program. So I've got one for you guys. This is uh, kind of off the script here with your and this is a question because we've had this kind of depth problem at Cane Bay, even being a five A school. Your backup varsity offensive lineman. Are those your true backups? Or are your true backups more on the JV level currently? I know that's kind without of a loaded eight, question. Without an eight-quarter rule? Without an eight-quarter rule, they're probably on the JV team. Right. Yep. Be honest with you. Without, without an eight-quarter rule, they're probably playing JV football. Uh, I, I made this mistake. Uh, I, can, I will speak truly to this. I, I, I have to apologize to this kid pretty much on a daily basis. Uh, my first year there, we had a JV quarterback. Uh, JV style, JV kid should play quarterback, uh, but I was so scared of my my starting quarterback getting injured that I basically burnt his sophomore year, uh, holding and you know playing a little receiver this and that, uh, but but mostly sitting because you know he, he he didn't play. You only play one quarterback. Uh, you know we didn't get we didn't get up on some people like we thought we could. Uh, you know and I basically burnt his sophomore year, uh, and then this year he had to come in to be the starter. You know, and, it, and it, he, 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 you could see he was behind a year. He didn't get better until about game six or seven. Uh, and that's kind of what you would think he would have done last year if he would have got those same reps. You thought you would think maybe he'd be better maybe game three or four, you know, or maybe game one. Who knows? Uh, but without an eight-quarter rule, yes. I, I, my, my opinion, your true backups are probably playing JV football. I, I, I can speak for my team. Uh, we went to River Bluff and played with 26 kids. Uh we played a five A school with twenty six kids, uh, and damn near should have won. Yeah, uh, you know, and should have won. Yeah, we, we should have won. Uh, but you know, depth, depth is always a problem, especially at three level where I'm at. Uh, we got thirteen hundred kids, but we don't have thirteen hundred athletes. We probably got thirteen hundred kids, and no, and probably maybe five or six hundred maybe sped kids. So they're counting against our numbers, and that's that, and that's that's no problem. You know, I teach sped, so it's no problem. Uh, it's, it keeps me employed, <laughs> but it uh. But it hurts you when it comes to athletics, um, you know. And a lot of the kids are not playing like they like they used to. Um, so depth is always a problem. Uh, I try to carry at least seven. One guy, one 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 utility guy, and one more guy that can snap. It's kind of my philosophy. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have ten varsity offensive linemen, but but let's be real. Of those ten varsity offensive linemen, 
six, may, seven maybe can play. You know, truly, yeah. you put them out there, you still have a chance to compete and win that game. And like Coach hinted on, without the eight-quarter rule, you know, you have to make a decision as a staff. Do you keep a kid as a backup and play him on JV or play him on JV? And, I mean, we all know this. The only way you get better at football is playing football. Yeah. Uh, that's why, you know, for Coach to have a ninth-grade program in 3A, that's huge. They're going to keep getting better over there because – Every year a kid plays football, he gets a little bit better. He's a little bit more bought in. And, I mean, I know you guys down in the low country, y'all's B team is 7th and 8th grade. Correct. Now, in our district, we decided as coaches in our district, we're going to have, for our middle schools, a 7th grade and an 8th grade team. You know, So you're going to play 7th grade, 8th grade, ninth grade, sophomore year, junior, and varsity. And so without the eight-quarter rule, a lot of us have linemen – you know, we, we have some guys, but, I mean, heck, your sixth man, your seventh man, he might be over there as one of the starting defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Coach this year because I coached his his uh, his uh center in the I-20 Bowl. What was it, Coach? About three or four games in, he told me, he's like, I had to go play nose guard too. Damn right. He did a damn good job too. He's a great kid. <laughs> an awesome, awesome dude. But like, he kept you know, bugging me. He kept bugging me. And I was like, man, just just get your ass over there. Shit, we need a body. Um, but, I mean, hell, like, how many of you guys would be comfortable playing your center, your dude that knows the calls, your general, and starting nose guard? Yeah, that's scary. I, I know Coach Taylor, if he had a choice, wouldn't do it. The only but, senior up there. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you have to do what you have to do without that depth. And, you know, I, the Coach Association is doing a good job of trying to address that problem. Yeah, and, they are. They are they're fighting for it, and I appreciate what those guys are doing. And I'm hopeful down the road we get something maybe like the Georgia rule. You know, the what what does Georgia have? The six quarter rule, something like that. Yeah, I think so. so. I'm hopeful down the line maybe we can get something done. I know this first time we tried, it basically got killed. But I I know those coaches on that committee are not going to stop and are going to keep working to figure out the safest way for us to do it. And I appreciate that. You know, I just I just you know I I go back to that and I think about. You know what you just said. It's 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 tough, man, and it's, it's it's not fair to some of these kids. You know, some of these kids really do uh, deserve to be varsity level guys. You know, they, and they may not be quite ready. Uh, but our philosophy is, if they're not going to be a come up and be a varsity starter, don't bring them up. You know, don't bring a kid up to sit. Yeah. You know that that is a pet peeve. And my couple, my defense did a couple of guy a couple of times. You know, and I had to tell him, hey, send that guy back down. If he's not going to come up and be a defensive starter, or at least in the in the in the two deep, if he's not going to be the first guy off the bench. Don't put him. Don't bring him up because that's not fair to that kid. We got the same you know, like, over here. We had to take two sophomores this year, and Coach Woolbright's like, "Look, they're either they're either playing or they're going back down." But we ain't going to just they're going back down. Be depth, you know what I mean? And both you know, those kids did a great job. As and they probably deserved to play varsity. They, they probably did. really did deserve. They did. But it was just like it's just you know it's just it's a tough decision, man. What these guys tough, are man. saying. They learned on experience. I mean, you're talking about a head coach that learned his first year. You know, I mean, this is a tough yeah. decision you got to make in South Carolina right now. And I, like I said, I still, you know, like I said, I still apologize to that guy. I still apologize to Marcus every now and again on a daily basis. You're like, man, I, I, I almost ruined you, but I, I apologize to you, man. Thanks <laughs> for sticking it out with me. Uh, but, but he, you know, he didn't complain. You know, he didn't gripe. You know, but and you got, you got, you got to tell parents too. And parents got to understand, we are handicapped. I can't if 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 your kid is not going to come up and be a be a starter, why what why would I let him come up and just be a J, a varsity standard? 
Like don't 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 promote that. Like don't 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 promote that to the kid. Don't don't put that 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 thought in the kid's head. But but this leads to the whole other bigger issue that could be a podcast on itself called No One Wants to Play JV Anymore. <laughs> there are no yeah. like no one wants to be a JV junior. Right. No. But, yeah. But I mean, our starting right tackle this year was a kid who moved before his junior year from White Plains, New York, who had only played basketball. He had never played a down of football in his life. So he came onto the team. We put him on JV as a junior at right tackle, did a great job, fell in love with football, crushed it at the weight room, and then started every single game for us this year at right tackle. And I I, I 100% believe if he had one more year of football, he would be playing college football somewhere. And, you know, you say that, you know, and that's that's something else Coach Knox does a, a phenomenal job of. Uh, of course, he has a ton of JV juniors over there. Oh, yes. Um, he has a ton of them. Yeah, he has, he has a ton of them. But he makes them feel like it's that JV game is like the greatest freaking thing going. I mean, I, I don't know how he I don't know how he how he does it. I mean, he just it's just phenomenal to see him, man. They're just all so excited to play. You know, even at least, I mean, you believe it or not, he has a lot of starters. I mean, a lot of JV guys playing scout team that could be starters pretty much anywhere else in this city. Uh, but they're playing scout team. They're, they're playing scout team at Dutch Fort, and they're getting after it like. Getting after it. I don't know if y'all heard Kirby Smart uh, praise the scout team for the national championship. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, of yep. Yes, sir. You know, but that that's that's major. Well, you can take really talented kids that have no playing scout team, and they feel like that scout team is like playing on Friday nights. That's that's something serious, you know. And and again, I think that's just that's just a testament to him. But I don't have that luxury. <laughs> I barely have enough for a scout team sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you bring up good points there, Coach. I mean, obviously. Each situation is different, you know, throughout the state, and and you know it's good to get different viewpoints. And that's why we're trying to get as many people on here as we can. And uh, you know, so uh, real quick, we'll, we'll take a, a little mini break, and we're gonna see what kind of salesman you guys are when we come back. Okay. All right. You know, now now we're, we got one question here for you guys, and we're gonna see what kind of salesman you guys are. So I want you to sell yourself a little bit, and I want you to tell me, you know, in your opinion, what makes you a highly qualified OL coach in the high school ranks, or what separates you from all the other guys? So, Coach Gamble, you go first. Oh, I know this one felt weird. This Just answer it, guys. Weird. Just answer you it, Coach. Sell yourself, Coach. That I've been good at everywhere I go is I will build the relationships and get your guys to play hard. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I might not be the best scheme, technique, person in the world, but I will get kids to buy in, and they're going to play to the best of their abilities. And the thing I take a lot of pride on as a coach is from the time in 2008 when I started coaching middle school ball to now, I have dudes from every single team who stay in touch with me, reach out, we stay talking. And I'm really proud of, I got a lot of guys that are becoming O-line coaches themselves. That's awesome. And, mm -hmm. and that's the thing, like, I got a good handful of kids from Arnie that are getting into coaching that, that you know, and a lot of them are O-line coaching. Um, my starting center from this year, he literally wants to be an O-line coach and a social studies teacher. Uh, and he was my center for two <laughs> years. And, he, and I told him, I was like, you can become bald like me, you too. You this but, but got to take I, everything. <laughs> this is a weird question to sell myself at, but I think I the one thing I know I'm great at is I can build relationships and get kids to play hard. Uh, that's a it's a great answer, Coach. That's awesome. That's I mean that's what we're looking for, you know. I, and again, let me let me preface this for these guys that are listening or whoever's listening. Coach Fields and I don't know you guys personally. No. Like we this is the first time I've actually seen you guys 
like we reached out to you guys and you know we wanted to get you on here so you know again just hearing you talk I I could play OL for you if I you know I would love to do that so you know great answer coach Gamble coach Taylor Uh, what's up you say that now. I listen, but listen, I, I know I played quarterback, but I, I can take pride in the fact that when I was in high school, I, I was a tough – I mean, I ain't big. I'm like five, nine and a half. So, I had to be tough. Well, he's I was big getting, now. I was, yeah, I'm big in the, in the, you know, like the stomach area. But, you know, back then, you know, I, I used to get beat up a little bit, but I got back up every single time. So, um, but, yeah, so great answer from Coach Gamble. Coach Taylor, what about you? Sell yourself a little bit. This is probably one of the toughest questions, man, because I'm probably one of the most modest guys <laughs> Um, I guess, I guess the relationships, I'm able to build relationships, uh, you know, guys that play for me, it's all about their relationship. Um, you know, and I think transitioning over to a head coach is about, you, you know, it used to be about building a relationship with those core 15 to 20 kids that you have playing offensive line. Uh, and now, you know, I'm having to build a relationship with 80, 85 kids, you know, 15, 20 coaches. Um, so I think I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big relationship guy. Uh, I'm a big, uh, do your job kind of guy, you know, one, one, one of our favorite sayings is do your job, but do your job well. Um, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's just, that's just who I am. Um, I cut up with the best of them. We can have a good time. We can laugh. Uh, we can joke, but I think all my guys who've played for me know, uh, when there's, when there's nut cutting time, it's, 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 it's time to go. Um, you know, like coach said, you know, I got guys that still reach out to me on father's day or birthday. Um, you know, got guys that was at my kids that was at my wedding. Um, you know, just 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 that big family feel. You know, um, you know, most of my kids now growing up, and like I said, I got what two guys on my staff that I coached uh, uh, throughout my career. One guy's offensive line guy, one guy coached in wrestling, but he was a, he was a quarterback guy. Um, you know, so I, I think I think it's just all about relationships that I have with my kids. I think every one of my kids who played played for me would tell you, you know, coach coach may have cussed me out, you know, several times. He may have said some bad words to me. Uh, but I knew he loved me. Uh, I knew, I knew. I when we, if he cussed me out, he knew. I I knew I messed up. Uh, I knew, I knew that I, I I either made a mistake or I did something I wasn't supposed to be doing. You know, in the community or in the school. Uh, so I, I think I think think that's a big selling point for me. Um, you know, even if you look at my staff, um, like I said, I'm all about relationships. And one of my coaches, he coached me in college. He was my offensive coordinator, and I I GA'd with him in college. Another guy coached me in college. Uh, Another guy was just we just grew up just friends, he's been friends forever. Um, so you know, if we look at my relationship, everybody's kind of tight knit, kind of have that same relationship, that same bond uh, together. Um, you know, I've been blessed to win four state championships. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's a blessing in its own. You know, if you, you know, you wouldn't know that because uh, I don't walk around my rings on and all that kind of crap. Uh, I'm just a down to earth kind of guy. You know, if you want to come learn some football, you want to play football. I'm, I'm your guy, you know. I'm your guy. I'm, I'm the guy for you. If you want to learn offensive line play, you know, I'm your, I'm the guy. Uh, you know, I, if you want to learn something about life, I'm your guy. You know, I don't have all the answers, cause I, I but I probably made the mistake that you probably about to make. Is why I always tell them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I believe me, I probably made the mistake. I probably, I'm kind of like the Rick Flair guy. I probably spilt more money on spilt liquor and crazy <laughs> stuff. So if you think if you think there's a mistake that you about to make and you and you think it happened, Ever been done? I've probably done it. So I, I let my guys know that I'm I'm, I'm human. You know, I kind of let them know that you know I, I'm not perfect. You know, even now, you know, addressing my team, you know, it's kind of kind of always been my dream to be a head coach, and it's kind of that first moment when y'all looked up at me and was like, oh, they're waiting on me to speak. 
they wait to hear they wait for me to give the, the pep talk. It was that kind of kind of moment with them. Um, and now it's just like, okay, it's kind of more natural. And I tell them all the time, hey man, I'm, I'm I believe in God, but I'm not a Christian. I make mistakes. So we're gonna go out here tonight. We're just gonna have some fun and play some football. It's gonna be mistakes made. It's gonna, you know, you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes in this game. But it's all about how we bounce back. Like I say, you're a five nine guy, but you got up every time. You know, I, I tell them kids, then the time you just don't get up, that's that's the mistake. You know, if life knocks you down and we don't get up, then that, that's the mistake. So I try to instill that in them. Um, I just let, like I say, just let them know I love them, man. Just let them know that I'm here. Uh, no matter if you're 14, 15, 16, 17, 48, with your own kids, you need somebody to talk to. Come by the garage, man. <laughs> we can sit down and we probably can, like I said, I probably can get you out of that situation. Give you some, give you some advice. Uh, but I, I think it's just about that lasting relationship with your kids, with your players. You know, and I, I think Coach can speak to this too, man. It's a great feeling. I think you guys, you know, you guys can too. Uh, it's a great feeling uh, when you see a kid grow up and he's 14 years old and he's a knucklehead and you see him come back and he's 24. He may have been in the military or whatever and he's got his head on straight. Man, that's better than any freaking victory we ever could have won or any championship we ever could have won. Uh, I had a guy come back the other day just for my short time at LR. You know, I had, I had to kick him off the team. Um he just wasn't just wasn't just wasn't do right. I had to, you know, we had to part ways. But he came back uh, right before Christmas break as a Marine, full-fledged Marine uniform, and I didn't even recognize because his face was so shaven clean. I was like, who the hell? Little baby. I didn't even recognize him. He came up to me and he grabbed me and he just hugged me. He was like, Coach, I appreciate it. He said, I appreciate you kicking me off the team. He said, he said that hurt me. He said, every day I walk by, I think he still had two years left. He said, every day I walk by you, that hurt me. He said, sometimes I'll see you coming, I would go the other way because I didn't I didn't want to face you. He said, but you did the best thing that you did. You know, just stuff like that, man. I think like like Coach, like Coach Gamble said, man, it's just all about those relationships. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Coach. Coach was talking, and, and I think both of us, you could probably sum up what we believe in and what makes us effective O-line coaches is coach them hard and love them up after the Bruce Arians quote, the one he learned from Bear Bryant. But but the key is you love them up after. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like none of this means anything if we don't have relationships. You're talking about your kid that was Marine. I think about Cameron Strike, who played left tackle for me at Rich Northeast, who probably caught more hell from me than anyone I've ever coached. And when he graduated from the uh, from Marine basic training, he goes, I was able to do this because of what you taught me. I mean, I, it brought me to tears, man. Like, like it, that – Coaches have an impact that's not for the four years you have them. It's the 40 years after that. It's the rest of their life. And and that's mm -hmm. what being an effective coach of any position is about. Like, can you coach you guys up? Sure. Everybody can learn ball, anything like that. But what makes you an effective coach is can you build strong relationships with the kids where they'll believe in you, they trust you, they have confidence in what you're saying, and you're building that in them? Yeah. Um, and people got to realize that it's not this, – this, this is not monetary. Like, you know, you're not going to get into this and – make a ton of money. Uh, I think we all you know these big time jobs. <clears throat> but like I always tell my kids, I need you to do one thing for me. Bring me bring me home either a degree or show me a successful career. You know, I don't anything else I really don't care. But I mean you can do whatever you want to do. I mean just just go out here in this world and be a good citizen. You know, don't 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 be out here tearing the world down no worse than it already is. Don't be a butthole your whole life. You know, come out here and be a good citizen. You know, do do something productive with yourself. Uh, you know, my, my one of my one of my quotes I always used to him is, "One day somebody else's eyes are gonna be on you." 
and they and they're gonna be looking up to you and they're gonna be saying daddy i said now <clears throat> you want that 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 child to be looking at looking at you as as you are now or as a man and you make making good decisions you know you, you make a good decisions for that child you know you do what you're supposed to do you, you take care of your family i said so we you know we, this game teaches you life you know that i still I, I always tell them all the time football is the greatest teacher of life more than anything i said where else do you get get knocked down beat up but you got to get yourself up and do it all over again dust yourself off and do it again i said that's that they don't teach that in corporate corporate america that's not taught in a school book that's taught right here on in between these white lines you know it's, it's to me football is the greatest creator of men you know it's it, and it separates some men from some other things uh you know just by the nature of the game you know and, and that's why i try to tell my kids man just go out here and just be successful you know work hard you know, to do your job, but do your job well. Yeah, that's well said, Coach. And, you know, just kind of sharing, like, I remember when Coach Tannehill got a job at Union when I was there, and I, that's one of the things that he said, uh, you know, that I'll never forget. He said, you know, I'm going to coach these guys hard, but but when practice is over, I'm going I'm to put my arm around them and, and love on these guys too. So, you know, and that's – you know, I, I try to take that with me too. I mean, obviously – you know, figuring out how to coach your kids is one thing, but you know, it's okay to, to be tough on them as long as you know afterwards. You know, you kind of pull them to you, like you know, hey man, I love you. This is why I'm tough on you, and you know they'll get it. They eventually get it. Uh, but yeah, that's good stuff. And and uh, Coach Field, you got anything to add? Like, call me cut y'all, call me cut y'all, go ahead. Call me cut but believe it or not, they want. It. Oh, absolutely. Call me cut y'all, but believe it or not, they want. They, they, they want to be coached, and they want. They want. They want to be coached. They want to be coached hard. Yes. You yeah. know, they, they want that. The kid, kids want structure. Mm-hmm. They want discipline. They, they may, they're going to buck it because they're kids, you know, but they want that. They want that structure. They want that, that, that expectation. They want that accountability to be held on them. And I, and I tell my coaches all the time, you can be their friend, but you can't be their buddy. Yeah. You know, you, you can be their friend. You can, you can be their friend, but you can't be their buddy. You know, it's okay to laugh and cut up with them, but you, when we leave here, hey, when, I, when, I, when it's time to bust nuts and get something done, you can't be their buddy. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's hard. That's hard to do. And, I mean, I always tell them, like, the day you should worry is the day I stop getting on your ass. Absolutely. Yep. Like, discipline is an expression of love. Because I love you, I'm not going to let you do wrong. Yeah. Because right. I want you to be the best person, the best version of yourself. That. Discipline is an expression of love. That's going on the bulletin board tomorrow. Discipline is an expression of love. <laughs> because I love you, I'm going to make you do right. Your parents love you. They Now, some parents don't make their kids do right, but – you sh- if you love someone and you love these kids and you're coaching for the right reasons, you're going to push them to do the right things. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. We, we talk about it, you know, we, we kind of have a joke amongst the staff. You know, we, one phrase Coach Wilbright always shares is, you know, not everybody's good for football, but football's good for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is. And then we kind of have a joke on the staff is that Lexington football is really not for everyone <laughs> because we're going to hold you accountable. Yeah. You're going to have to do the right thing. We're, you are not going to cut corners and not get super special treatment. And we, if you're supposed to be somewhere on time, you're going to do it because we love those kids and we have great relationships with them and we want what's best for them. And if you love your kids and you want them to do right, and you want to grow them as human beings and not just football players, you got to be disciplined with them. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'll piggyback off of that if you don't mind. Go for uh, it. You know, this is, you know, as being in this seat as a head coach now, it's, it is a little different. Uh, it's, 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 it's a different rim. It's a different category. It's a different understanding of football. It's a different look at, view at football uh, and all that. 
And and I, I and I tried to cut some corners this year with some kids. I tried it. I did. It. I bent, and uh, it it didn't go the way I wanted it to go all the time. Um, and I and I like I told my staff when we had our end of year meeting. I apologized to them because I'm man enough to say I was wrong. You know, I bent on some things that I know football ain't. I, I, and I tried it. I tried to do it. You know, the kids way sometime and try to you know try to do this new era way. That ain't football for me. That that that's not Marlon Taylor. That's not who I am. And I bent on that, and I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid to say that in front of my staff, and I apologized to them. And I apologized to, 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 you know, to the kids as well. And it, um, and I bent on some things. And it's different from when you're in my seat and your seat, because my name's not on it at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Right. The way it is for and you. And that's what I told them. And, and, and that's and, what I told them. And it's hard because assistants all the time want to go get rid of this kid, cut this kid, you know, run him off. But it, it, that's not the case. Every situation is unique, and everything's different. Yeah. And yeah. your name's on it. It's hard sometimes to make that decision, you know, am I going to cut this kid who's really good because I don't think he fits our culture, but if I cut him, we ain't getting the same production. We don't have the same kind of ball player without him. And, 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 you know, your name's on it and your heart's in it. Exactly. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, I have my name on it, but I have my heart in it. And I always said I got into this business to help kids. You know, so I was trying to lead with my heart and not with my – my passion, not what I, not what, not what I know was right, yep. not with my mind. Hey, I know, I know, I know that's some BS. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. But it always went back to my heart, trying to save kids, you know. And I, and I flat out told him this year, hey, <laughs> it's gonna be my way or the highway. That goes for adults and kids, because when the paper come out on Saturday morning, it don't say your name, it don't say your name, it says mine. Yeah. I said, now at the end of the day, this is my job on the line, and, I, and my, my my family likes to eat. So I have to make sure I do the right thing for my family. You know, so I I tried it. I did it. I made that mistake. I'm mad enough to admit it. I'm mad to say, hey, I I tried that, you know, my third year coaching, but it it didn't work out for me. But from now, it's going to be my way or the highway. That's right. Live and learn. Right, Coach? I mean, that's what it is, man. That's that's the way it is. Um, Real quick, we got a a couple minutes before we're going to take our last break. Uh, Go kind of shift gears a little bit here. So kind of a fun little question for you guys. You know, just in, in, you know, 30 seconds to a minute, if you guys could have a free year to coach anything other than OL, what would you guys decide to coach? Coach Gamble? Hall pass. Defensive backs. DBs. DBs. Why? Because it's the total opposite end of the spectrum from what I do and what I've done for, you know, going into 16 years now. You know what I mean? There you go. I've coached tight ends, coached running backs, worked with quarterbacks a little bit when I was offensive coordinator because you got to. Same with receivers, you know. Yeah. Coached D-line. Work with linebackers, you know, in the box and everything. But DBs is far from my comfort zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and not, I mean, not coverage and everything. You can learn coverages and where everybody's got to play, but the technique, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. How to coach it, what they're going through, what their rules are. That's the kind of stuff I want to grow. With. Nice, Coach Taylor. What about you? For one free year, you're not worrying about coaching everybody. What if you could coach another position? I think I would pick quarterbacks. There we go. I, I, I want to know what it feels like to be that guy. Coach one you guy. Know, I, I, yeah, I want to know what it feels like to be the guy. You know, the guy that's back there pulling the trigger. What 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 goes through Peyton Manning's head when he gets up there? And he sees the freaking coverage. How, what what does Tom Brady think when he sees his coverage? Like what 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 is his mind frame? How is he dissecting this? How does he get this ball out in two freaking seconds? I mean, I I I think I would coach. I think I want to coach quarterbacks. That's you know, because awesome. I think I think they're just. Natural leaders. Mm-hmm. They should be natural leaders for one. And, and I, 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 I would love the opportunity to coach them. 
I feel like you'd be a fun quarterback's coach to play for, there, coach. He just wants to show off the cannon. He wants to show kids, <laughs> he wants to show kids hey, that. Man, that that's, that's our that's our that's kind of our Thursday ritual. Uh, me and the quarterbacks, we kind of have a throwing contest. I love it. Uh, who who can drop it in the bucket? Ah, uh, see, that's my drill. You know, that's what I'm talking about. I love that stuff. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so uh, obviously a little fun question here. Um, we're we're going to take a quick little break, and then we're just going to call our last little segment the overtime. One more question for you guys, and then we're going to kind of open it up to you. to you know, If you want to talk about something, ask questions, ask a question for each other. It don't matter. We'll kind of let you do that, okay? All right. All right, quick break. You know, position episode. Um, we got one more question. We're just going to go ahead and call this overtime. So we'll have an overtime question for you guys. And then you guys can throw something at us, throw something at each other, talk about something, whatever you want to do. Um, so, you know, real quick, we asked everybody this, uh, you know, the end of the kind of the, the episode. What advice do you guys have for younger coaches that are looking to advance, you know, into roles similar to you guys? Uh, Coach Taylor, go ahead. You go first. Um, like I said before, you know, one of my one of my goals of my life, I didn't want to be a fireman. I didn't want to be a dentist. I didn't want to be a freaking policeman. I wanted to be a football coach. Um you know, so I live my dream every day now, um, and, and, it's, and it's amazing. Uh, I thank God for that, for the opportunity Lord Richland gave me. I thank God for every head coach I ever worked for to give me the opportunity because I think it all prepared me for, you know, for this uh, job here. Um, it's a job like no other. Um, there is no handbook. You know, there is no rule book. There is no directory of how you, how you get it done. Um, so I think that you – so I think that as a young coach, you have to take pieces of – everybody that you ever worked for and combine it into who you want to be. You kind of got to form your own model. Um, you know, for example, for example, myself, you know, I started off with Mitchell Moten uh, at Keenan and he kind of, he kind of taught me the, the, the importance of, you know, building relationship and building a culture, you know, building a relationship with kids, you know, taking kids who hadn't won or, and, and when they were, you know, kind of almost for lack of better words, hopeless, you know, they didn't think they could win anything and turn them into winners. You know, he did that with accountability. Um, and then you move, I move, move, move further in my career. You know, and I, I step up and I meet Raymond Jennings. Um, you know, a guy like Raymond Jennings, who's a freaking organizational whiz. Uh, you know, he's there's there's nothing that he didn't do. You know, that wasn't organized, that wasn't planned. Now, of course, you know things happen. So, but he still was prepared for it. You know, he's the most like. It could be sunshine, sun, sun, sunshine, and eighty degrees. And all of a sudden, this pop-up cloud comes out, and he got—he has an umbrella ready because he's prepared. It's—it's it's, it's been a five percent chance of rain, you know, and he's prepared for that five percent chance of rain. He's—he's—he uh, he's, know he was that detailed, that kind of organizational guy. You know, you see Perry Parks, and you see the energy and the enthusiasm that he brought in the, the, the Ridgeview. You know, the, the the social media aspect of it. You know, just getting kids excited about playing for Ridgeview. You know, making them feel like Ridgeview is the best thing going. You know, and then I move on to a, a, a Tom Knox. I mean, freaking legend. Um, and I learned football. You know, I learned all the X's and O's stuff. You know, people ask me all the time, what's the secret sauce with Coach Knox? The secret sauce of the word is accountability. Every freaking body out there is held accountable for their actions, from the, from the water girl to player one to player 100. Everybody is, everybody is expected to do what they're supposed to do. So I think I took pieces of each one of those guys and kind of made it into my my style of what I want to be as a coach. You know, like I just said before, you know, I did bend on some things this year, and I and I like I said, I knew that was wrong because I knew I was I wasn't pulling from any of those guys. You know, all those guys would would have would have cut ties or, or, or did things differently a long time ago. So I, that's how I knew it was wrong because I wasn't pulling from my 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 my, my mentors. 
Um, but I, I, I encourage my young coaches to challenge me. You know, I, we, we, our staff meeting, you know, I tell them the only sin of our staff meeting is if you walk out this door and you got something to say and you don't say it. I say, I lose respect for you as a man. I lose respect for you as a coach. Because if you had an idea, if you had an opinion, if you had a thought and you walk out this door and you don't say it, you know, that's that's shame on you. I can no longer really trust you because I feel like you're going to go behind my back and say it. You know, I work with several head coaches where you expect it as a young coach, just sit on the wall and shut up. I'm not that guy. I want, I want your input. I want your opinions because I don't know it all. You know, so I think, you know, getting around head coaches that are going to allow you to express yourself, you know, ask questions. Uh, you know, Tom Knox probably got on, probably got on his nerves. I would ask some questions every day. Um, and I told him in my interview, I want to be in your seat one day. Uh, and I meant that. And I meant that. Um, you know, I, I think young guys, young coaches have to go back to wanting to coach again. Uh, you know, coach said it before, you know, I think with the, the technology that's out there now, young coaches don't really want to coach anymore. They want to wear the book bags on the sideline and wear the fresh Nike gear and, and look cute on the sideline. They have to get back to painting fields, you know, uh, uh, giving out equipment, uh, washing laundry. I mean, my first freaking, my, my, I did my, my GA kind of, my GA deal was at Benedict uh, my, my last year. We had five o'clock means I had to be there at three o'clock to have coffee ready for when the coaches came in at four. You know, I'm still in college. I'm still partying every night. I'm still drinking every night. I'm still having a good time. But I had to be there. So I can remember seven nights leaving the club and going straight to the office. You know, I had my my, my coaching gear in my bag. And I just went straight to the went straight to the office. But I was expected to be there to have everything set up. You know, he didn't they, they didn't allow me to use any type of technology that was out during that time. I had to draw everything up by hand. Uh, I had to have the little circle stencil, you know, and I, I turned in my 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 pass passport packet one day, and my my, my office coordinator who's on my staff now, Tim Harkness, it was like I had got down to like it was like thirty pages, man. He he just had me drawing stuff just to be drawing, and not that he was even he wasn't even going to use it all, but he wanted me to learn everything, and I got tired of using the stencil, and I freehanded, <laughs> I freehanded about five or six pages, and he looked at it, he said, Nah, take that back, start over. He said, if you don't care enough to draw it the right way, then how, how do you expect the kids to care enough to read it? Wow. And I thought about it and I said, you know what? He's absolutely right. You know, I, I, I tried to cut corners. I got lazy. So if, I, if I'm going to get lazy drawing it and making it for the kids, when I know they ain't finna read it because they going to cut corners when it comes time to read it. So I think just getting coaches back to coaching, you know, what you guys are doing is great with this podcast, uh, uh, build, building this, this association up and getting – you know, get, getting out there, getting the voice out there and ask, you know, ask the questions that you guys ask, the guests that you all are having. I think things like this need to be done. But I think coaches, you got to get back to coaching and not wanting to do it for a uh, like or, or clout. They have to get back to doing it for the relationships and building it for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just, I, I know I'm, I'm long way on this answer because this answer burns, this question burns. But I hate, I, I can't stand to see, the young coaches out there with their fresh little shoes on and their book bags, and you know they, got, they had to go get a fresh haircut before every game. Can't start the you paint know, they, machine. Can't mix yeah, the paint. Man, you can't you can't line a freaking field. Yeah, you can't put the damn can inside the paint machine. You know we 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 do a seven on seven tournament, and I, and I can honestly say every year we get all our coaches out there, our guys out there painting the fields. You know we just teaching them. It's not that I, I can go get that done. I can pay somebody to get that done. Uh, but it's just the thought of teaching these guys. You know, like I say, taking the guys. I had eight of my coaches at the clinic this weekend in Charlotte. They paid their own way. You know, just making guys, you know, having guys get out in the water, learn, 
you know, and not be out there just for, for, for just get out there for the clout, man. Get out here for the kids. If you're not grinding for the kids, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you're doing it to be seen on Instagram or Twitter to say you can put coach by your name, you're doing it for the wrong reason. To me, coach and dad are my, my best two titles that I could ever have. I got degrees and all that kind of crap, but coach and dad are the best two titles that could ever be associated with my name, um, you know, other than, you know, being a good husband and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that that has to hold something. And I think sometimes people take this profession, they don't look at it as profession they look at it as, as a hobby you know and this and this isn't a hobby you know you guys have, guys are investing their time into this so they can't they can't do that you know i just i just hate that that just burns me up um but when it comes to that but i think guys got young, young coaches to get out be eager to learn understand the grunt work do the grunt work and get back to basic down home coaching sorry adam no, you're good, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. Yeah, go ahead. Add to it, Coach Gamble. What, what about you? I mean, I'm a, the, the first thing I'm going to do is piggyback on Coach Taylor, and I'm going to give Coach Taylor a plug. This dude's one of the best coaches out there, not just at O-line, but just in terms of coaching kids. And he's got a clinic. Well, I appreciate that. Plug. I'm going to remind him that he needs to plug his clinic coming up. I'm going to help him out with that. Oh, one. yeah. <laughs> I got you back, Bubba. <laughs> but I mean, w- one thing, a lot of young coaches need to figure out their why. You know what I mean? Like, why do you do this? Like, do you do this because you love football? And, yeah, we all love football, but do you love scheme? You know what I mean? Do you like reading all the stuff on Twitter? Do you like being seen coaching? You know, I coach football because where I was at 15 years old was not on a path to be a successful human being. I was doing everything wrong. Home life, school life, everything bad. And my coaches, a guy named Jamie Scott and a guy named Hart Turner, would not quit on me and, and pushed me and stayed with me and stayed with me and pushed me and got my grades and did everything right and changed my life fundamentally. And that's why you coach. Because the impact you can have on one person's life can permanently change their life. And if you're not in coaching to help young people, to mold young, to make young men, men like men of character if you're not in this for that you're gonna be mighty disappointed because the the wins are gonna go away i mean if you ask our players right now who willie varner was or john mckissick or joe turbyville they don't have a freaking clue no idea. those are some of the winningest coaches in the state of south carolina yeah everybody's gonna forget the wins i mean tom coach knotts is probably the best high school coach in america you know what i mean and one day people are gonna be like who is that the kids will say that you know what i mean yeah at some point, it's got to be more than winning, more than state titles, more than more than position titles, more than clout. You know what I mean? So my advice to young coaches is you need to – and write it down too. You need to know your why. Why do you do this? That, that Above all else, that's the most important thing because that's your North Star. That guides every action you do as a coach. On, the, on your worst days or your best days, I can always go back to I'm doing this because coaches changed my life. And I want to change someone's life for the better. That that would be the first thing I give advice. Now, the other two things are basic. Like, two, you need to get certified. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's important to see. Like, having your coach in the building isn't just good for the football staff. It's good for the school. Yeah. It helps mm-hmm. the school. Who's the number one disciplined person in every single high school? The person that can handle all problems. It's your football staff. The head football coach. Football yep. coach. The head football coach. Coach, I know. I've never been at a school 
where <laughs> the football coach was not the head discipline person who could solve who who solved problems for the school. Yeah. Actually, uh, Shane Fiddler at Ashley Ridge and I talked about this. It was something Shane found years ago. They did a study out in Texas, and we've been trying to find it again. They did a study. They looked at discipline referrals in schools and the football playoff record, and there was a correlation between the better your team did, the fewer referrals you had in the building that year. Yeah. You know what I mean? It like it matters. So young coaches get certified. One, you want to be able to feed your family. And then two, like you matter in the building. You're not just helping the football program. You're helping the entire school. You're helping a community. You're doing big things. And and the third thing I would tell young coaches is seek knowledge. You know what I mean? And when I say seek knowledge, I'm not just talking scheme. Learn how to paint that field, do equipment, but also learn how to do things that the head coach does. You know, if your goal is to be a head coach, like I ask my head coach all the time, like, how do you do this? Like, I do eligibility now. for Like, I do, like, NCAA eligibility for our kids. Like, I learned how to do that. I do the recruiting stuff, you know. I, I take on more responsibilities as he gives them to me. And that only not only helps your coach, that helps you grow as a person. Be the person your head coach can trust to give responsibilities to. It's the only way you're going to grow. And it's the only way your program is going to get better. Uh, I mean, I, I see young coaches right now. And I don't want to hate on them because nobody wants to be that crusty old dude like they were to us when we were coming <laughs> up. We were probably just like them. You know what I mean? Yeah. We we want to say they're so different, and they are, but we were we we're probably like that to the old guys that – Like the bullheaded, couldn't tell me nothing. Yeah, oh, man, when I was 23, I knew it all, man. I had all the answers. I couldn't tell my ass anything, you know? <laughs> but I, I see these guys, and they like coaching, but, you know – one big problem I see with them that they don't get the concept that the time is the time. You know what I mean? Like it takes what it takes. Like the hours are the hours. Yeah. You, you either in it or not. And, Absolutely. and they, they want to get out and they, Oh, we, you know, Oh, I want to go hunting this weekend or I want to, you know, uh, we got to do this out of town or, Oh, my cousin's sister's, you know, best friend <laughs> is at the wedding I was invited to. Well, Bubba, this might not be for you. Because if you're all in, you want to help kids, you want to grow young people, you got to be in it. And you're going to miss some stuff. Flat out. Uh, and, and I mean, it, our, our, a lot of young coaches got to learn there's a sacrifice to this. This ain't easy on anybody. It ain't easy on us. It ain't easy on our families. And, and you got to decide early on if your why is you want to help people, well, you got to be willing to make that sacrifice. And you got to be willing to do the things and seek knowledge, not just of football itself, but of every aspect of how you can help young people. Yeah, and 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 if uh, you don't mind me jumping in, no you know, I want to give I want to give some kudos to to my staff. Uh, you know, at Lower Richland High School, uh, we have uh, was it seventeen coaches, um, and we have seventeen coaches that show up in the summer, uh, from seven seven a.m. to twelve p.m. Monday through Thursday. You know, we 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 don't have the luxury of a of a uh, we just got a booster club and they're they're just starting out so. We've been doing all the fundraising. You know, we've been we've been, we've been doing uh, just laundry. We don't have. I mean, we clean locker rooms. We do everything that's probably not associated with football to get to football. Um, you know, we issue equipment. We take it up. You know, we you know we have to clean up the fields. I mean, clean up clean locker rooms in the stadium. You know, at times. Uh, you know, just anything you can think about that, that doesn't have to do with a ball and football. We've probably done it. Uh, you know, we, we've taken on the undertaking of taking host a seven on seven tournament 
you know, every June uh, now because uh, that's what the guys wanted to do. They wanted to find another way to raise some money. Um, so now we, we bumped that up from 20 teams to 30 teams, you know, and it's, it's, it's been all hands on deck. We've been running our own study hall. Uh, you know, this year's been the, the year, the, the best year I had with, you know, more than just myself and maybe one other guy in the building. We got five guys, six guys in the building out of that 17 uh, with some more coming, actually. Um, guys are getting starting to get certified and starting to get other jobs within. There might be more than that in the building. I might be shortchanging myself. Um, but it's, but we're getting more guys in the building, um, you know, and guys are understanding that, that, you know, if I sign them a duty, it's not just because I don't want to do it. It's because it's honestly because I want to see how you do it. I want you to understand that that the position, you know, I want you to understand, hey, you know, uh, you know, picking up the, the, the pregame meal is just as important for JV as it is for making sure the varsity kids eat on Friday. You know, uh, you know, being here on, on for a car wash is just as important as showing up for the game on Friday night. You know, being here for that, for, I, let, I let them pick what time they want to work on Sundays. So I don't care, you can go 12 to 12, I don't, it don't really matter to me. Just tell me a time and that's the time that everybody's going to agree to be here. They normally always pick 7 a.m. So being here at 7 a.m. On, on Sunday morning, that's important. 7:01, you're late. You might as well stay in bed. Don't 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 walk in our meeting. You're disrespecting the other people's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I know things happen. You know, but everybody, everybody everybody in this world, everybody every adult in this world I know got a cell phone. They can say, "Hey, coach, man, my car broke down." But don't call me at 6:59 and say my coach broke my, my car broke down. You knew that call was broken for 6:59. Yep. Uh, but I want to give kudos to my staff, man. I got I only got nine paid positions and I got 17 coaches. So that tells you about six or seven of those guys uh, are volunteering their time. And those guys show up in the summer, you know, they help with the, with the summer meals program. Uh, they, they come up, so I just show up. Right now it's off season, not making a dime, but I looked in the weight room today, I got five coaches in there for after school weightlifting with middle school kids. Uh, you know, so I just, I just want to give kudos to my staff, man, because those guys bust their butt, you know, no matter what I ask them to do, uh, and and the time restraint, they they bust their butt and they get it done. So I just want to make sure I give my guys credit. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, again, you you get these OL guys here and they like to talk. I mean, these guys they got a lot to talk about. And I, you know, again, I appreciate it, fellas. Like, you know, it, it's meant a lot. You know, you guys coming on here and. Um, I'm gonna stop this real quick and we're gonna come back and open the floor for you for one last segment, okay? Back here, uh, this is the overtime segment. We're gonna let these guys kind of finish this thing up. Again, you know, appreciate these guys coming on here. Again, Coach Gamble, Lexington High School, and Coach Taylor, Lower Richland. Uh, All right, guys, so this is kind of the last little segment here. We're gonna open the floor to you guys. If you wanna talk about something, you know, give a shout out to somebody or ask a question, it's, uh, it's your time to shine. So Coach Gamble, I'll let you go first. All right, and I'll steer this bad boy because Coach Taylor and I spent most of the time talking philosophy more than O-line. But uh, <laughs> I, got, I got a question for you two guys, all right? And it's that run the power question from their podcast, how they ended every episode. When you guys put on film of another team, what stands out to you that makes you say that's a very well-coached offensive line? Hmm. Coach, Coach Fields, that's, I mean, you're, you're watching the offensive line more than I am, so <laughs> – that's kind of more geared towards you. So um, I'm looking for stance, and I'm looking for first step. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. So when Coach Taylor was talking about you know stance and starts, that's that's huge for me. If an offensive lineman starts to tip, uh, I, I just say it, it probably ain't going to be good. I'll just be completely honest with y'all. <laughs> um, of course, 
if you're looking on film and you see physical beasts, that's great and all, but also what you guys talked about with the undersized offensive lineman, if I notice that you've got an undersized guy, especially in 5A ball, and he is absolutely getting after it, very physical kid, and winning the battle up front, I know he's well coached. Um, but to keep it short and sweet, Coach Gamble, it's really just from the start, it's their stance and their first step. Um, it tells me a lot up front. Uh, consistent splits. I know that offensive minds, they change splits, right? But if I see consistent splits across the board, no matter whether they're tired as an 18-play drive or it's first and 10 on the first quarter, that shows me something, too, right there. That's a well-coached offensive line. Um, those are just a couple of things that stand out to me. And honestly, something that we benefited from at Cane Bay this year, we had a Shrine Bowl linebacker and a lot of seniors at linebacker, and we were able to kind of fend off a bunch of combos and doubles. Um, things really weren't getting to the second level with us until we got to, you know, the Sumpters and the teams like that. So if I notice that you may be able to double my 210-pound three technique, that's great and all, but you can't get to that second level. I know there isn't a progression of teaching, to be completely honest with you. Um, those are the couple of things I look for personally. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me personally, I, again, I'm an offensive coach, and I don't – I do – one thing that I do myself is I, I will go watch other teams on offense. I mean, for one, just to see if I can steal something. I, you know, if, if – if, you know, if those guys are doing something and, and they're successful, you know, I'm looking to see if I can take something from them and kind of incorporate it into what I do as well. But, you know, up front, to me, it, it's from, I guess what I'm looking for is like, is, is play to fit like when the ball snapped to when the whistle's blown. Like if those guys are giving everything they got and those guys are playing to the whistle, through the whistle, uh, you know, that tells me, you know, sure, I guess you could say, you know, mechanic wise, I don't really know much about that and what that coach does. But I at least know that that coach is getting those guys to play hard. And, you know, that's kind of one of those things that I look at as far as offensive line when I'm looking at an, another team's offense or offensive front. So that's kind of short and sweet for me for me there. Uh, that's a good question, though. Coach Taylor? I got, I, I got two general questions okay. I want to ask. Go ahead. Uh, how much stock do you all put in time of possession, the time that you possess the ball offensively, and and how, how do you uh, – how's the how I meant to word my second question after that one first I get back to you I forgot how, how I was gonna word the second sure. one okay coach Willis go ahead first yeah I mean you know obviously I, you know I'm coaching under coach Brown right now so it's different I'm not gonna answer from that standpoint uh of a kid it's not me it's not my offense it's coach Brown's offense but you know for me you know personally I I think it's something that you you kind of figure out based off the flow of the game you know I, you know I, I used to love going to seven on sevens and stuff and you know, we had really good players there for a couple of years in a row, and we go, you know, play seven on sevens, you know, one to one down at Carolina and, and Newberry and stuff like that. But it was fun because, you know, if we're going and our defense has been on the, you know, field, even seven on seven wise, if they've been on the field for a long drive, you know, I'm not going to go out there and, run, you know, run double posts and send those guys right back on the field, you know. So, same thing in the game, you know. It, I try to understand the flow of the game. Like, if our defense has been on the field for a long time, you know, we may slow this thing down and do, a, you know, kind of like a four-minute offense type deal in the middle of the game. You know, not purposely, you know, bleed it down to one second every time. But, you know, we might line up, you know, see what the defense is in, you know, get a check with me, something like that. But, you know, it's just reading the flow. Uh, but one of my favorite things to do is, is be in a hurry up. I love going tempo. Uh, you know, when I feel most confident, 
you know, in my offensive ability is when we're going fast. Like, let me line up. I'm going to call it. I'm going to get trips. I'm going to get singled. You know, I'm going to try to find my matchup, and we're going to try to attack that. So I love going, you know, tempo and two-minute type stuff. But, you know, if I feel like that I need to help our defense out a little bit and, and slow it down some, you know, we're going to be able to do that kind of stuff too. So that's kind of my, my philosophy there. Um, Coach Taylor, you want my honest answer or do you want the – the correct answer. I want, I, want, I want your honest answer. <laughs> All right. Um, so as a defensive coach, a guy who wants to be a coordinator again, all that, I'm a perfectionist, you know, I, I want those guys three and out. But in the grand scheme of things, in the game, to me, it doesn't really mean a hill of beans. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. It's did you get in the end zone? Um, I was – and this is a team that you, you guys know this guy and, and this staff, but – May River, I was so impressed with those guys offensively this year, <coughs> excuse me, from just what they did. And uh, I've talked about it before. They had an 18-play drive and ate up the clock. But when it was 0-0-0 in the fourth quarter, it was still 21-0 us. So I'm very much a bend but don't break type of guy. Um, now, I like to make, you know, an offense do what they don't want to do. So – if your deal is time of possession and dragging it out, if we can get you to – if I can steal them down and we can get you off the field quickly, that's great. We want you to do the opposite. But honestly, man, when it comes down to it, it's points allowed. Um, did we let you in the end zone? If you had that great 10-play, 15-play drive, that's awesome. But if we stop you and our offense goes down and scores and you all got to go right back out there and those that left guard is already tired as hell because he went 15 plays, it's not a huge deal when it gets 0-0-0. Just my opinion. Cool. Yeah. Cool. My second question was, as young as young coaches, and and your, your sign behind you says it all. Young coaches association. You know what? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations? Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I mean, you know, again, I, you know, I, I'm coaching under Coach Brown right now, and I'm and I'm learning stuff. Like it's it's a completely different scheme than than I've ever, you know, been a part of. Yeah, so learning some flexbone stuff. And, you know, you can take flexbone, you know, components and put them into any any kind of offense, really. So, you know, learning that stuff, you know, my goal one day is to, you know, at least call plays. If, if being a head coach is – if it's the right situation and I feel like it's the right move, then, you know, I might, might you know, take a chance at it. But, you know, my situation now, I, I love being in Munts Corner. Uh, you know, my wife grew up here in Munts Corner and, you know, I, I enjoy the community. Um, you know, I've made a lot of good friends down here. You know, I get to play golf. So, I mean, I, I'm not one of those people that's going to, like, you know, just jump at the next job. I, you know, I feel like I'm good. I, I love being at Berkeley. And as, as long as I, you know, can enjoy life every day outside of, you know, my, my nine to five or, or whatever it may be and, you know, stuff like that, I'm okay. But, you know, I, I still want to, you know, I got that itch. I want, I want to call plays again and, and, you know, at least have, like, a little bit of, you know, more input into the scheme and, and philosophy, and, you know, with Coach Brown. Coach Brown, he pretty much handles it all. So, you know, I'm just kind of back to being an assistant coach, you know, trying to be the best assistant coach that I can be um, and doing my job. But, you know, again, like I said, I, I enjoy the community I live in. And, uh, you know, right now I'm good unless something else really good kind of presents itself. So, Coach Fields? Yeah, uh, people hate on the low country. This is just a, a real thing. People hate on the low country about – our resources and yeah, they may be lacking overall, but I can speak for Coach Willis. We both teach in the district, both PE guys. Um, I love Berkeley County and I want to stay in Berkeley County overall with my career. Um, like you guys talked about, the ultimate goal is just 
keep impacting kids. And I think if you're a good coach, you're going to do that everywhere, no matter where you are. But I definitely want to be, you know, kind of in Berkeley County. I'm a low country guy myself, born here, um, went to Cane Bay, was part of that first class there. And now I get to coach there, you know, which is pretty awesome. But as far as my goals, I want to stay in Berkeley County. Uh, love to move up, be a DC again, be a head coach, and really get to impact a lot of kids and families and communities and stuff like that. So that's kind of my short and sweet, man. Uh, I just love coaching, love getting after it, loving being an assistant right now. Um, definitely would love to move up in the future. And honestly, to meet guys like yourself. I mean, I didn't play in college. Um, I started coaching at a young age. Um, I didn't do a good job of networking in my early 20s. And uh, we're trying to kind of make up for that now, networking and meeting great guys like yourself, you know? Yep, Co Coach Gamble, Co I mean, anything else you guys got? No, man, you guys do a great thing for the state of South Carolina, and this is how you grow the profession and grow young coaches. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, and, and, you know, we always, you know, we'd be, you know, in the wrong if we didn't tell you guys, you know, thanks for taking out time tonight. Obviously, we've been sitting here. Um, you could have been doing anything else. And, you know, obviously Coach had a, a – you know, he could be at a wrestling match right now. But, you know, you get to, you know, sit here and talk with us guys. So, <laughs> we do appreciate it. You don't know it. how happy I was when he told me. Y'all helping him out. <laughs> yep. When he told – well, look, when that guy called and told me he didn't have an official for the night, I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, thank you, Jesus. Hey, uh, Coach Taylor, don't you got something to kind of plug here? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, let me get, get it, a few shameless plugs here. Go for it. Uh, June 29th, June 29th, uh, we're going to have our third annual uh, Diamond Hornet 707 shootout. Uh, we're looking to push it to 30 teams this year. Uh, we need about three more teams. Uh, so anybody that anybody wants to come out, uh, we're charging 300 per team. We'll feed 20 kids and four coaches for the day. Uh, we, get it, we get it done. You can get guaranteed five games. Uh, knockout round will be a single elimination. Uh, everybody's been saying you know, we do a good job of getting them out of there. Uh, we try to get everybody done, try to be done by 2.33 o'clock. Uh, so that's June 29th, right on the campus of Lower Richland High School uh, in Hopkins, South Carolina. Uh, the Diamond Hornet, third annual Diamond Hornet 707 shootout. Uh, if you want to get in, just give me a call or email me. Uh, my number is 843-209-0804. 843-209-0804. Uh, and then uh, January 28th, uh, we're going to have our second annual uh, South Carolina Minority Coaches Association uh, all are, uh, uh, clinic, coaching clinic. Uh, all are welcome to attend. Uh, it is totally free. We're not charging you a thing. I uh, just want to get out and get a chance to talk some ball. <clears throat> have a lineup of great speakers this year. We have Bobby Collins from South Point. Uh, let me see. Bobby Collins from South Point. Uh, Maurice Flowers from Johnson C. Smith. Uh, Jason Barnes, uh, who's Form he was at Coastal. I think he's going to go over to Liberty with those guys. Uh, Terrence Scrivens, uh, talking from an AD's perspective from Crestwood High School. Uh, Harry Cornell, who is my defense coordinator at Lower Richland High School, is going to talk about his 335 scheme, kind of what we do defensively uh, at Lower Richland. Uh, it's a host of other great speakers that's going to be there that day. That's January 28th, and that's, that's also right at Lower Richland High School. Uh, lunch, breakfast and lunch will be provided, and it's totally free. Uh, so come out, talk some ball, man, get a little networking. We have Johnson and Lamb uh, on hand uh, talking about their apparel and the things they can do for you apparel-wise. Uh, so feel free to come out. Uh, like I said, it's totally free. Come out, talk some football, make some, get some networking, get a little fellowship going. Uh, I know everybody will be getting busy with this new open season here soon. So 
Uh, so come on, let's talk some ball, let's spitball some ideas, and I'm always looking to steal something from you. But feel free to come out. Like I said, Minority Coach Association Clinic, January 28th at Lower Richland High School. Uh, come out. Yeah, uh, and Coach, be sure to uh, shoot the stuff at us, like tweet it at us or whatever, and we'll, we'll share it, like it, you know, whatever you want us to do. We'll, we'll definitely put that stuff out there and try to help you expand that a little bit too. I will. So, um, I will. Yeah, so uh, again, guys, it's, it's been an awesome, uh, awesome episode. Uh, you know, uh, again, we appreciate you coming out and just sitting down and talking with us. Uh, you know, looking forward to talking to you guys again soon, you know, whether it's on the podcast or off the podcast, you know, uh, again. We don't know you guys personally, but, you know, you took the time out to, to share some stuff with us and, and help us kind of build this up. And I know a lot of guys are going to get, you know, something from this episode. So, again, we appreciate it. No, I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all doing a great job with this. Like I said, I reached out to you. I, I saw a couple, heard a couple, heard a couple of your podcasts. So I was like, I got to get a part of that. Those guys are doing a good job with that. Uh, so, you guys are doing a good job, man. Keep it up. Keep representing for, for, the, for the young coaches. Uh, you know, we've all been there before. I understand exactly how you, you know, how you guys feel. Uh, you know, especially your coach. You want, you, you want to go so much, you want to do so much, but you got a legend in front of you. Uh, <laughs> but I, I will tell you, Coach, man, keep learning. Absolutely, keep learning, man. Take it, take it, take it as a learning opportunity. Uh, you know, the same thing I did with Coach Knox, man. I just kept bugging him, kept getting in his ear, kept spitballing ideas on him. You know, some he took, some some he took, and he'd never tell me he took it. Yeah, you know, you may give me a look or a growl, and you know, that's how that's that was his way of saying thank you. There you go. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, that's one of those you yeah. know statements. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know what it is, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, just keep learning, man. Just, just, just keep learning. I, I know sometimes it's probably frustrating as a young coach because I've been in that boat where you, you want to say something and you want to do something a certain way, but that legend is there and it kind of stuck in their way. But it's a learning experience. It's a learning yeah. experience. I, I just, I just, I just tell you, man, just keep learning, keep picking this brain. Uh, you know, to get what you want to get out of it. You know, it's, it's all about what you want to get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Coach Gamble, anything before we – this podcast, oh, man. I'm sorry. I, I cut you off, Coach. My bad. No, I was say, if I can ever be any more help to you, man, just let me know. Absolutely. Uh, hey. Even on the podcast or away from the podcast? Yes, sir. <clears throat> no, man, Coach really said it all. I mean, that's why he's the GOAT. You know, but – uh. <laughs> You know, I, I appreciate you guys having us on. I did the same thing Coach Taylor did, man. I reached out to you guys. Thank you all are doing a great job and doing a great thing for coaches across the state of South Carolina, man. And, you know, keep keep this thing growing and, and keep doing more like this and try to expand it and, you know, go to the coaches' clinics and try to set up some kind of young coach association meetings, you know. Yeah. like Or, or do a podcast from there. Yeah. Do it so from we, there. We, we plan on that's what we're going to do. Yeah, we yeah. plan on that. That's kind of an idea. Man, so. Like, you know. You know, work with the state coaches association, you know, yeah. keep, keep this thing growing. You know, this is the, the, the football in South Carolina is only going to get better if the coaches keep getting better. Absolutely. And the only way the coaching and the play in South Carolina is going to keep getting better. And we're a good football state is if we keep growing this thing and treating it like a profession that it is. Absolutely. You know, so, so keep this bad boy going and to you guys, you know, uh, coach Fiddler talked about it on his, you know, podcast, he's going to be doing that young coaches, 35 for 35 type thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, the head coaches listening, you know, nominate your guys, Pr- promote your young coaches, build up that next generation of coaches. I mean, people did it for me. E- Eric Kimry, everywhere I've been has always called and advocated for me and helped me grow. And I would not be here without guys like him or Jay Fry or John Wheeler. I, the places I go after Lexington will be because of Perry Woolbright. And I mean, you know, grow your guys and, and, and things like this is how we make the profession better and how we make it stronger. And you guys are doing an awesome job, man. I can't say enough 
about how what you guys are doing and, and getting people together and getting coaches talking. This is how you grow. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. We we really appreciate that, guys. Seriously. Yeah. Awesome. So well, no problem. Yeah. So uh, again, thanks to these guys for for joining us tonight. We'll go ahead and wrap up this OL episode. Uh, you know, hope. If anything, you know, if you listen to this, you take at least one thing from it. You know, if you take one thing from, you know, everything you read, listen to, you know, you're getting a little bit better each time. So there's a whole hell of a lot to take from. So uh, exactly. <laughs> we might need to cut this one into two episodes, but we'll see. Yeah. Get three things, guys. Follow yeah. my rule. Get three things from it. Yeah, three things. There you, you go. Three, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll wrap it up, guys. Oh, again. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, wait a minute. This is the offensive line pod. We haven't said in a long time. What's that? G-Rap is not power. <laughs> Shout out Lamar right. Ben Beck. <laughs> don't, don't get these guys Shout started. out Ben Beck. Power is a kick and a wrap. Tell them, Coach Gamble. <laughs> that front ben side Beck is listening cold. right now. Oh Let them know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right, guys. We're going to wrap this G-Rap up. G-Rap is so. not power. Yeah. G-Rap yeah. is not power. And you can't call yourself Run the damn ball is all. ISO counter and power to every front. I believe that. Oh man, he's just run the damn ball. That's my closing. There you go. Awesome. That's the perfect way to end it, guys. All right, we're gonna wrap this this episode up, guys. Thanks again.